Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, let's go to court listeners. Daryl Pitts here, also known as DP, also known as Kristen's dad. I just snuck into the sex dungeon slash recording studio. Patty, do not cut this under any circumstances. Also, don't let the ladies know that I'm doing this. I've got a huge concern before Kristen and Brandy start that one semester of uh, whatever bullshit. You're all aware that Norman has been missing in action for months. I have not seen the guy. The weird thing is, is the excuses Kristen comes up with as to why he's not around. He didn't go to Obsess Fest because he was staying home to give medicine to a sick cat? Are you kidding me? If somebody came up with that excuse on the podcast when they were covering a murder or something, they'd say, no way, get it out of here. But that's the only excuse she could come up with. I think we can all agree Norman is no more. But here's the main concern. Ever since Obsess Fest, no one has seen David. He may have met the same fate as Norman. We invited them over last week. We invited London, David, and Brandy over to our house. Okay, you think they're all three going to show up, right? Well, no. London's there. Brandy's there. David isn't there. I say, where's David, Brandy? She said he's put new product into his beard, and he's got to stay out of the humidity for 48 hours. That's the only excuse she could come up with. Thoughts and prayers for David. Also have a little concern about Tim Pounds, Brandy's dad. If there's anything that ever happens to Tim or to me, call the mayor and have him alert the FBI. Patty, do not cut this. One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandy Egan. And I'm DP. Let's go to court. On this episode, I'll be talking about a fire. And I'll be talking about Ira Bernstein, who found himself in a very uncomfortable triangular... Oh my, oh, no. this is so long. I did that last time. I don't ever, I don't ever write anything down. <laughs> okay, where do, we, where do we start again? No, we're keeping that. Keeping it <laughs> in. Keeping it. And I'm listening because it's my birthday. Kristen, what did your dad get you for your birthday? A case. You got me a couple days off work, which I... Well, a case. I was supposed to bring a case today. Uh, Everyone, uh, he has told this joke four times today. I will wing it. I will come up with something off the <laughs> oh, top of my so head. Glad. I watched a Dateline last night. I think I, think think I can, can remember can some remember of it. remember most of the stuff I remember from some it? of it, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Dad, we are very excited to have you on the podcast. I'm I'm happy to be here. I listened to last week's podcast, and mm-hmm. I did hear a shout-out yeah. uh, that DP was going to be in the house. I'm excited to be here. It's been like two years or it something has been since like I've two been years. here. It was October 2020 that you were on last. Oh, was it that? It's so weird that you remember that. That's when I had COVID. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I filled in for Brandy on COVID. Yeah. I filled in for Brandy on some kind of pregnancy thing. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now, she, you know, she's getting married here in, what, a month or so. I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to have to fill in for that, too. Oh, she's just always creating these life events. Meanwhile, <laughs> I've never seen her child. <laughs> She was at Disney World most of the time during her COVID scare, so I don't know, I don't know what to believe. 
You know, I've got an HR background, and the excuses people come up with to get out of work are kind of amazing. And Brandy has done a good job with excuses because you, you want to go big or go home. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a professional bullshitter. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're doing well, Brandy. You're doing well. But yes. hey, good to be back. And I'm excited to do the podcast again. And I understand we're going to have some questions for DP. Ask an old white guy no, at the end. No one was interested. Oh, no no one. We've gotten no responses. No which is weird. <laughs> but you know what we do have to do? An ad. Darn right. Dad, why don't you plug our Patreon? Yeah. Yeah, pitch our Patreon you, for you us. You support us on Patreon, don't you? I do not uh, support you on Patreon. My, but however, Sherry and I are as one. Okay. And therefore, we support you at the highest level. Is what, that, what is that Spice Bob? Girl song about you? Stop it. When to become one. Stop it. <laughs> Spice Girls. Is this some new new hip band that uh-huh. I've not heard yeah, of? Yeah, it is. The hot, uh, all the kids are listening to them. To the Spice Girls. I, uh-huh. I remember you girls were doing Spice Girls back when you were in elementary school, right? We were professional Spice Girls impersonators. No one ever paid us for this. <laughs> okay, so so Kristen, which one were you? Because I know there was Scary Spice. Ginger, that, hello. Ginger, and Brandy, you were? Sporty Spice, obviously. Obviously, because of all your sportiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyla was scary spice. spice. Scary spice, and there was a fourth one. There were two there more. There were two more. How dare you, two baby more. spice? Baby, who who did baby spice? Do we okay. have to beep the name or something here? Probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and then posh spice. Yes, posh. Which one's married to David Beckham? One of them's married. Posh. Posh. Yeah, okay. Obviously. Yeah. You know, I don't know why I don't have a good memory of somebody I didn't pay that much attention to 25 years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. And what's weird is that none of this has to do with our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Great job. Okay. So, yeah, Patreon. Uh, I'm going to kind of go off some memory here. Oh, yeah. There right. are different levels That's on the Patreon. Right. I'm going to start at the top. The Bob Moss, I think, is the top level. Uh-huh. Yep. Kristen, what all do you get at the Bob Moss level? <laughs> That that was a terrible plug. You didn't you didn't have anything memorized. <laughs> okay, at the top level, you get episodes a day early, ad free, and you get ten percent off merch. Plus, you get everything that they get at the lower levels, which includes access to the Discord, bonus episodes every month. There are thirty seven of those. There's bad forty bo- of them. forty of them. <laughs> My gosh, three bonus ones. Brandy That's just right. threw in at the last minute. Also, you get a card with a sticker. Sometimes it has my autograph. Sometimes it has Brandy. Sometimes it has both. Oh, I, I heard some rumors about some people who were very unhappy yeah, about not getting Devastated is the word. Their... I don't know what you're talking about. You also get monthly Zoom hangouts Let's with us. Let's go back to the lack of um, signatures no, we, on some of the people's cards. Tons of, we run a tight ship on That's this podcast. Right. Uh, other than the signatures. <laughs> Well, Dad, as you know, when, I, when I'm involved, like it just really tightens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. hey, let's let's keep moving along. So we uh, got sure. the Supreme oh, sure. Court level down okay, below we, that. We already, we already listed that. all the stuff you get because you level. started at the top, and when you join at the top, you get all the bottom level stuff too. Really, you need to start at the top. Why would anyone go for those bottom levels when you exactly. don't get the ten percent off merch? You don't get the wow. bonus episodes. So you don't get into the Discord. Well, you do get, well, you get a lot of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You get some of that stuff. I wish I was in Discord. I used to be in Discord, and I got kicked off. Dad, for you can afford it. I promise you. Inappropriate. Well, now you got to finish that. I got kicked off for inappropriate behavior. I, I'm not going to give any detail on that. Well, that sounds. People are going. Dad, you're an old white man. People are going to assume. So, do you want me to say what I what I put on there that got me kicked off? No. No. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, then I got kicked off for inappropriate behavior. 
<laughs> by the father of one of the podcasters. <laughs> Are the father of one of the podcasts. I know. That's what I'm saying. Maury Povich proved it. up in the air. We were on Maury Povich. You are the father. No. So amongst other things, you were also accepting friend requests on Facebook from randos. And we figured it was only a matter of time before someone sent you a webcam and you just set it up. Let me tell you, your your listeners are not randos. They are all good, upstanding people. (laughs) (laughs) Brandy's making faces. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. And I did get that webcam and I hooked it up and they asked me – well, I can't get into what they asked me to do, but (laughs) – Anyway, sign up for our Patreon. Uh, that's uh, patreon.com slash LGTC podcast. And go to OnlyFans to get dad's webcam. <laughs> <laughs> Have you considered an OnlyFans? You know, when I he heard has. the money those ladies were making. and Dudes, too, can make dudes, money on there. Can a 64-year-old bald white guy First make? First time for everything. Yeah, time to find out. Is it Maybe that's a certain fetish that people have is old white men that are bald. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See, the problem is, is that <laughs> you also have to be rich, which you check that box, but you have to be willing to part with some of that money. <laughs> so, what? 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 You make money. old white guy. Oh, that's not what <laughs> he has in mind. Daddy situation. No, oh, no, no, no. He wants to be the object of lust. Oh. That's what my that, father is That's how the ladies right and, and I guess the guys are making money. It's, sure. They're oh. not... You're, you're thinking I'm going to go on there uh, and and prostitute and, myself in some way? <laughs> Is that what you're thinking, Brandy? No, she's thinking you're going to have to give money away for people to be interested in you. Brandy, are you serious? <laughs> hey, there is a fetish for everything. Are you looking at this man? Sorry, <laughs> just, I apologize. Just look at me. Uh, you're you're right. <laughs> you know, you know, we've talked in the past about you know who people confuse me for. Jimmy Garoppolo is who people think I look like no, now. They do not. <laughs> For those of you like Kristen who don't know who Jimmy Garoppolo I is, I keep thinking you're saying Janine Garoppolo. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying I look more like Janine Garoppolo? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, I'm, I'm looking him up. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> he's a good-looking guy. See, Kristen, that's my definition of a good-looking guy. And yeah, yeah I he's agree. very good-looking. Sherry tells me I look a lot like Jimmy Garoppolo. No. Now that's. Of course, he's like, you know, 28 years old. So that's what I looked like when I was 28. Mm-hmm. This is what... How old were you when you got married? I was 23. Okay. He was kind of a child bride situation. Yeah, he was a child bride. I've seen your wedding picture and you had... Looking, looking Quite a kinda, ways to go to get to Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Five years. Again, he's Five 28. Yeah. yeah. If I just did the stubble shave thing that the guys are doing uh-huh. and I uh, parted my hair <laughs> at, like Jimmy parts his hair on the side... Uh-huh. And uh, did a little spray tan, like you know. Did Jimmy's you still d- have the fro when you were twenty eight? No, I kind of tamed that thing down. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I, I took us off on a tangent for. Jim- I don't know how I got on Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, you started fantasizing about making money, making off money on Amy oh, busting after fans. you, and yes. Brandy tried to burst your bubble, but you I didn't apologize. quite understand. <laughs> so it was. I apologize for trying to bring way. you down, DP. Uh, should we talk about a fire? Let's do it. Yeah. I'm ready. Okay. Shout outs to an episode of American Monster that I watched about this case and an episode of an oxygen show that I will not name 
at this current moment. Those snapped. Uh, you know, those it's oxygen snapped, bitches, they, they the, give it away uh, in the title. Bitches. They give it away in the title, they don't do, they? They, they do. Always their do. shows are way, they're named way too specifically. It's got to be snapped. So, you know, when I said oxygen bitches, you were a little surprised. I'm going to try to join you guys in dragging my language down into the gutter with the two of you. I was Is that okay? when I heard you say bullshit earlier. I was too. See, I'm, I'm I going mean, we for we were out of the room. But we were, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoops. Oh, boy. That ruined the whole thing. Right right. There. That, Patty. down. That, that, Patty. My goodness. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Jim Connolly was living his best life. And just so everybody knows how much I struggled with this last name, I will spell it for you. It is spelled K-O-H-N-L-E. And it is pronounced Conley. Wow. That's, that's the wrong spelling. I <laughs> C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Yes. <laughs> he was the grandson of Fred Conley, the founder of Monarch Marking Systems. Ever heard of it? No. Me no. either. But they invented one of the first price tag machines. Oh, shit. So Jim had been born into an affluent family, but he made the decision not to go into the family business. Instead, he became a chiropractor and started his own practice in northern Georgia. Dr. Jim, as I'm going to assume he was known, uh, no, no source said that, but I like the way it sounds, was really well respected as a chiropractor. Bonnie White, who was a friend of Jim's and worked at his practice for some time, said, when he worked on you, you felt good just being around him. Jim was the kindest, most gentle man you'll ever meet in your life. Jim's practice was super successful, and with the growth of his business, he needed more staff. So Jim hired 21-year-old Teresa Boggs to work the front desk. She was beautiful and bubbly, and despite the fact that she was 20 years younger than Jim and that Jim was her boss, they started dating, and before long, they were in Nerve. Hey, I don't see anything wrong with this at all. I don't, <laughs> you, you say it's only a 20-year 20 20, 20 age gap. That's not a problem in my book. Not a problem at all. Kristen, any thoughts from you? So many thoughts. And you know them all. Uh, so yeah. here we go. Yeah. Uh, in 1996, they welcomed their first child. Ew. Kristen. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They're, they're not – she's still working there? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's – Dumb. That that really jumped ahead there. I thought the point of marrying a rich old dude is you don't have to work anymore. Yeah, well, he's not that old. He's like forty. Are they? Yeah, are they still, married? He though? could be her not, dad. At this point, they are not married. They had the child <gasps> out, out of, of wedlock. wedlock. What kind of dumb hoe was he? <laughs> right, Dad? Am I right? I don't <laughs> like to use the word hoe. It sounds a but little sexist when it. But it does apply in this situation. Am I right? Mm. A smart hoe would have made him marry her, and, and she's not signing a prenup, folks. We're not signing the prenup. Is this guy like chiropractors? Do they make like big, big money? Like, do, are they, they making pretty? They good make money. decent money, but not, they're not making like half Dad, a million. You, a year. No. Hold on. When you officiate Brandy and David's wedding, are you going to call them dumb hoes? 
I don't think so. I I have to say that I was expressly asked for my permission to use the term ho phase in my no, wedding ceremony. No, he does not have permission. <laughs> Hey, it's part of the story. The ho phase, the ho phase fail. It's not just ho phase. It's ho phase fail. I said he could do it. Yeah, it's going to happen. Brandy, Kristen. you're a mess. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So in 1996, they welcomed their first child, a son, who they named Caleb. And the next year, they got married. Somewhere in there, Teresa got her certification as a massage therapist. And together, Jim and Teresa, I guess he closed down his other practice, and together they opened Alpha Wellness Center. Alpha? Alpha. Okay. And this is massages and chiropractic services in one. Correct. Correct. But like massage therapy. Oh. They're not giving hand jobs in the back room. Oh, that's what I thought it was. (laughs) (laughs) You know – we used to we used to drive by this place, uh-huh. and it says massage therapy on the outside. Yeah. Of it. It's over in Shawnee, oh. probably not f- very far from where you live, Randy. Brandy you want to give my you want to dox me? <laughs> <laughs> and and Sherry was always oh sketchy, sketchy, sketchy. Uh-huh. I said Sherry, it's massage therapy. Yeah, but we did notice that during the day there wasn't a whole lot of business in there, but mm-hmm. later at night and sometimes ten, eleven o'clock at night, yeah, yeah there would still be cars in the parking lot. So. Mm. Yeah, I get. So there's a difference between massage parlor and massage therapy. But here's the thing: all the guys who went there said they loved it. So yeah, <laughs> see what the problem is. So yeah, so they opened their practice together. Jim practiced holistic chiropractic care, and Teresa offered massage therapy. And their wellness center thrived. The little family couldn't have been more thrilled. In 2000, Jim and Teresa welcomed their second child, a daughter they named Allison. And with the family being bigger, they needed a bigger house. So they moved to Ringgold, Georgia. Um, I don't know. I don't know anything about Ringgold, but I do like the name of it. And it's got a double G in the middle. So I enjoyed that as well. Anyway, um, (laughs) the house they bought wasn't. Like massive by any means, and so yeah, I think he made good money, but he wasn't pulling in like you said. Like he's he's making know. six figures, we'll say probably. Yeah. So it was like a two thousand square foot home, four beds, three baths. I think, as far as I can tell, it was on some acreage, and they had like a big pool in the backyard, and it had like an outbuilding. So you know, nice nice little place, okay. and it worked well for the family. Jim would often wake the kids up in the morning and take them out to swim before they had to leave for school. And the kids had more than they could ever want or need. Christmases and birthdays were a huge deal in the Conley home. Caleb was interviewed on both of these shows, actually. And he recalled that, like, no matter what he asked for, his mom and dad always seemed to make it happen. That's a good recipe for raising a kid and giving them whatever they want. That's, that's, how, that's how, Kristen, you were raised that way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, except for the Barbie Jeep, you got everything you wanted, right? You know, I did get a lot of what I wanted, but yeah, that Barbie Jeep still stings. Uh-huh. It's got it for good. the granddaughter, though, didn't they? Sure did. Uh-huh. And then the grandson got his own, too, yeah. because, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then she got a motorized vehicle when she good turned grief. six. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Altogether, it was an idyllic life. Hey, Brandy, can I interrupt? Yeah. I got a question. 
this guy was 40 when they got married and met and everything. Yeah. Do we have a previous wife hanging I around? I didn't find much about his his life before this time. Surely there's some sketchy stuff going on between between when he was 20 and when he turned 40. No info on it, though. I mean, it's possible, but maybe don't talk shit about him because he's going to die. So. <laughs> yeah, because it was for sure snapped. Not po- oh, is he snapped always the woman kills the man? Yeah, See, at this it's point, always the woman snaps and kills the dude. Well, can't men snap? I know, but not on oxygen. Not on oxygen. Oh. No. Those Different. oxygen bitches don't let men okay. snap. <laughs> Around this time, while, you know, life was really going well for the Conleys, one of Jim's sisters recalled a moment where she was talking on the phone with her brother, and he got really choked up. He told her that he was living his dream life. The kids, the house, the wife, the business— the whole deal. It was the life he'd always dreamed of. I like had a moment when I saw this this part of this show. This was on the American Monster mm-hmm. episode because I literally had a moment like this like two weeks ago where I was standing in the hallway of my house watching David and London change the laundry over. Mm-hmm. Like London was literally taking the stuff out of the washing machine and throwing it as hard as she could in the dryer. <laughs> and like David was like, great job, baby. You're doing great. It was just so sweet. And I was just watching them and I was like, never in my wildest dreams did I imagine this would be my life. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, totally, I definitely, I, I understand this moment that he shared with his sister. Do you that feel like you're cool. about to get murdered? No. <laughs> That is really sweet. <laughs> this isn't going to happen to him, though. He's not going to get murdered, is he? I don't know. Is he? Ooh. Okay. Okay. I guess we'll find out. Brandy, thanks for sharing. That's cool to hear that you're, you yeah, know. I'm li- 100% living. living my dream life. Yeah. Better than my dream life. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So he's living his dream life. Everything is going the way he wants it to. But a short time later, Jim's health started to decline. He was tired all the time. He no longer had the energy to take the kids swimming in the mornings. Instead, he would sleep, stay in bed late. On Christmas, he was no longer like down on the floor, passing out the presents in the mix of it with the kids. Instead, he sat on the couch, barely awake, barely participating in the festivities. Initially, Jim thought that this fatigue was the result of maybe being overworked and stressed about the business, but... No amount of rest seemed to help him or give him any kind of relief. So eventually he went to the doctor and he was diagnosed with Lyme disease. So Lyme disease is a tick-borne illness. It's caused, it's transferred to humans by bacteria in ticks that you're exposed to during a tick bite or from a tick bite. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Anyway. I don't. Please We, we got you. The tick bites the person? The tick bites the person. The That's person what I'm saying. The no, no people are biting ticks. Ticks oh. biting people. Transferring I, li- bacteria that I then see. as a result causes Lyme disease. But you know, to get even sometimes, if I find a tick <laughs> yeah, on me, I, you I just bite, bite it. it. That bite sounds disgusting. Well, you got to get even. <laughs> and he sucks on it until he kind of expands. <laughs> Am I the only one doing this? I mean, I'm sure. No, think so. I'm, I, no. no, the listeners. I mean, you're out in the woods a lot. You get ticks on you. you absolutely. No, we've we've not got since some... he started biting back. <laughs> yeah, word gets he around. He has a shirt that he wears when he's out there. I bite back. The tick community keeps the neighbors away too. No, the tick community is is aware of me uh-huh, now, uh-huh. and yeah. they do not mess with DP. No, but really, you've been clearing that area with the pond. Oh you yeah, got, yeah. You got no, ticks out there. We've got special laundry detergent. 
that it, and this is serious. <laughs> serious no, I believe it. Uh, that no, it's not laundry. You 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 wash your clothes and then you spray it with this stuff, Ooh. and you can wash them like twenty more times. It doesn't come and off. it doesn't come off. And uh, you can do this. You obviously do it with every. I mean, socks, yeah. underwear, everything, yeah. and it really cuts them down. Probably you want it on your underwear the most. Uh, you do. You do. <laughs> Those little beggars, and you know that's where it's hard to bite. That's where it's hard to bite them. You get them down there near the underwear, it, it's damn near impossible. Sounds like you need to do some yoga. <laughs> He's been working so hard on his flexibility. <laughs> do you sing that, that song to Sheree Ray after you come in? You need her to check you for ticks. What's that oh, country gosh. song, Kristen? Check you Brad for ticks. Brad Paisley. Yeah. I want to check you for ticks. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Um, the musical references on this show are <laughs> top notch. S- s- top notch. <laughs> so far beyond my knowledge base. Yeah, I mean they're dated, but they're not dated enough. <laughs> no, no, they're not. I, I, I've missed it. So Lyme disease is curable if you catch it soon enough, yeah. but you have to catch it like within. 30 days mm-hmm. to – and then it's just treated by antibiotics, like a long course of antibiotics, usually two to four weeks. But Jim was sick for months before he ever sought treatment. And so his more advanced symptoms, his fatigue, his lethargy, some other stuff, like it can cause brain swelling and all kinds of stuff. And that stuff, if it goes untreated, is irreversible. And so the effects of Jim's Lyme disease were irreversible. Mm. and. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Jim had to cut back at work. He initially cut down to four days a week. But even then, sometimes he would be scheduled for patients and he just couldn't get out of bed. And so he'd try and call like a substitute chiropractor to take over his patients for the day. But it wasn't always possible. And so some days the practice just couldn't open. Did they ever catch the tick who bit him? Yeah. I, I don't believe so. <laughs> they put up posters. Did they catch the wife who was poisoning him this whole time? Oh. Now, where did she get the ticks? That's what I want to know. <laughs> she had a box of ticks. She went out in the woods. Framing ticks. <laughs> what if she hadn't, she hadn't intentionally done it, but then when he came in and was like, can you check me for ticks where I can't oh. reach? She oh, saw she's- one. But it's she was the just long like, con. "Yeah, no, you're you're good." Wink, wink. Uh huh. You think it was one of those situations? I think she not only saw him; she was putting them on him where he couldn't see. Oh, okay. Them. I think I think Do we you had think a little Sheree Ray ideas right now. You know, she, no. Here's the deal with Sheree Ray. She <laughs> always takes good care of me. Like if I start feeling sick or something, well, she she's is a nurse. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So she's not going to like start pushing this stuff to the side. Yeah, she is taking care of me. Yeah. You know, in, in any circumstance, yeah. Sheree Ray is out there for me. I am glad to see that you made it here today and you survived the night on mm. Sunday. Oh, after, after <laughs> you came the over debacle. on Sunday? Pizza incident. Oh. Pizzagate. Yeah. That's what we call it. <laughs> should, we, should we talk about Pizzagate? I think we I should. I thought there was a real possibility you weren't making it through that night, DP. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tell the people what you did. Well, here's the deal. So Sherry is like 99.9% of the time in charge of food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I kind of She's just, like a professional hostess. Well, mm-hmm. I and I blow it off, you know, and I'm like, okay, I don't have to do it. You know, I clean up. That's that's my deal, uh-huh. clean up. Well, I do recall in in mm-hmm. defense of Sheree Ray, her mm-hmm. saying, "Why don't you get some pizzas?" Yeah. 
She left you in charge. In now, fact. where did she go, in fact? She, she was dropped took Jay and the kids home. Oh, okay. <laughs> where did she go? Okay, so I sat there, and I'm Brandy. I'm going to throw you and David under the bus. No, that's okay. Actually, yeah, yes, you can. Go ahead. Ask, say, say what we say, said. Brandy, would you like you some said, pizza? You said to the group, mm-hmm. should we order some pizzas? And David and I were like, no, 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 that's not necessary at all. But you know what Norm said? I could eat some pizza. What did I do? Did I ignore Norman? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because money was at stake. Was Norman even there? Yes, yes. Norm was there. He was right next to you. Oh, oh, we're messing up his bit from the beginning. Oh, well, yeah. Seriously, seriously. Why wasn't Norman there? <laughs> anyway. So, Sheree Ray came home from doing God knows what. Yeah. Wherever she'd wandered off to. Doing God's work out (laughs) there in the community. And it was about what time at night? Uh, It was uh, 7 7 p.m. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And We usually eat around 10, so this is is really early for me. And she was devastated to find that there were guests in her home Mm -hmm. and there was no food being served to them. So she whipped up some grilled cheese sandwiches. She it was did. way better than pizza. It was delicious. And mm-hmm. we, we made it through it. Here's the deal. You Dad, maybe thought, she didn't want to make yeah, grilled maybe cheeses. She maybe make she grilled wanted cheeses. a night off from cooking. And, uh, like, and just wanted she, to enjoy pizza that she's you not, had procured for everyone. She's not getting out of it. She's not getting out of it. <laughs> so, yeah, here's the deal. You would have thought, in fact, I was a little concerned when you guys left. Yeah, you yeah. should have been. Yeah. Uh, I was concerned that something bad could happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to go to that panic room. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an interesting fact. Uh, in this new house we have, we have a literal panic room with a safe room door yes. on it. <laughs> yep. And Sherry does not know the combination, so I could go in there and uh, she might – Somehow bolt me in there so I can't I get out. I was going to say, yeah, like, yeah. backfire real Good, fast. Real fast, yes. No, so when you guys left, uh-huh. Norman and I were there with my yeah. mom and dad. And, you know, Norman and I caught the first half of the lecture, which was when people come over to your house uh-huh. and it exceeds a certain time and night, you just get food. Mm-hmm. You just, and they, you may ask them and they'll say, oh, no, 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 that's not necessary. Doesn't matter. You, you just, do it anyway. You do it. You ask them what kind of pizza they like. Maybe they don't. They won't even say. You get cheese and you get pepperoni. Everybody's happy. <laughs> like she, she walked him through. So after that um, home economics one hundred and one lesson, I got. I will never make that mistake again. Very I good. I'm glad right. you could learn this lesson at sixty four. Uh huh. <laughs> Actually, I, I've got a birthday coming up here in about uh, two months, three months. Uh-huh. So I'm yeah. I'm pretty excited. What, what are you guys going to do for my birthday? Ooh. Um, I think I'll ask people if they want some pizza and then – What if know. they say yes? I'll just pretend I don't <laughs> hear them. <laughs> <laughs> back to your story, Brandy. Okay. So Jim is cutting back at work. Some days he's unable to get out of bed. Some days they can't open the practice. And so the family's finances suffered. Somewhere along the way as well, Teresa found out that she was pregnant with the couple's third child. And they were really excited about this, despite Jim's health issues. Like, this was a blessing to them. They were very excited. But then Teresa suffered a late-term miscarriage. She was like five and a half months. Oh, God. She was diagnosed with placenta previa, where the placenta 
covers the cervix. And so they determined that the baby could not survive in those conditions. And so they did an emergency C-section and the baby didn't survive. Mm. Is it um, any, anything related to his Lyme's, Lyme disease that caused this? Is, no. No. Unrelated. Okay, this is unrelated. Okay. But – after she suffered this loss, she was unable to work for some time while she recovered. And so with the two of them, neither of them being able to work, the family's finances really suffered. The family's cars were repossessed. One of the shows mentioned that the only reason they were able to even have food to eat was because there was a locally owned grocery store that really liked the family and they allowed them to have a line of credit for food and never asked them oh, wow. to pay pay it down. Yeah, or else they wouldn't have even had food to eat. So, so I'm going to throw in a little DP advice yeah. here. Uh, you shouldn't be living so close to the edge financially that a short-term illness – and I know this is probably going to turn into a long-term illness – puts you under to where you lose everything and yeah. can't even put food on the table. So quick quick little tidbit, DP advice, have at least six months to a year of living expenses in your bank account. Thank you, Dave Ramsey. <laughs> I also have advice. Okay, what do you have? Be rich. Don't be, be poor. Exactly. Yeah. Don't be poor and stupid. <laughs> why, weren't they, why, why weren't they rich and smart instead of that's, poor and stupid? That's what we're all asking ourselves, Dad. <laughs> so – they had found themselves in basically a side of life that they were not accustomed to. By late June of 2007, though, Teresa was ready to go back to work, but the family no longer had a car. They'd been just using rental cars, which is super expensive. Oh, wow. And so she's like, I can't pay to have, like, whenever they needed a car, they'd mm-hmm. just rent a car. But if she's needing a car every day for work, like, they couldn't afford that. And so Teresa's parents agreed to help her out by giving them a car um, so that they could stop paying for the rental cars. And so on June 29, 2007, Teresa's friend Robin agreed to drive Teresa and the kids two hours away to Knoxville, Tennessee to pick up that car. So that morning, Teresa and the two kids get in the car with Robin and they drop the younger daughter off at a babysitter because she didn't want to do the whole car ride mm-hmm. and whatever. She was like six years old. And so they drop her off and then Caleb, the older child, and Teresa and her friend make the drive to Knoxville. So they're maybe on the road for 90 minutes when they get a phone call. They are alerted that a driver was passing their house at approximately 9.40 that morning and saw smoke. And so they alerted firefighters. And when firefighters arrived at the house, they went inside. The fire was burning pretty strongly at that point. Visibility was super low inside the house. They used like thermal imaging to go in the house and see if anybody was inside. And when they reached the primary bedroom of the house, they found Jim Connolly dead from smoke inhalation Mm -hmm. in the bedroom. So on the call that Teresa answers on this drive, she is told, your husband has died in a fire and they have to pull over the car. She's devastated. She tells her son that his father is dead and they... I'm surprised they give that news over the phone. I am too. 
Yeah, that's that's turn around, come back. Yeah, something has happened. We need you to get back here as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yes, and then in person you right. deliver that information. Right. But according to both of these shows, they no, deliver I mean, I that be- information I over the that phone. It happened. I just don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. So they come back to town, and almost immediately, an arson investigation begins. So I think this is kind of standard operating procedure. So somebody died in the fire, so they need to make sure that it was of a natural origin or whatever. They bring in like this little special dog named Smokey. Oh, that's (laughs) cute. Yes. Um, And he is specifically an arson investigation dog that is trained to alert on accelerants. So they're walking him through the house and pretty quickly he alerts in a location that they had already determined was the start of the fire. It had started in an area that was like in the kitchen. It was like kind of off the kitchen, but they used it as an office. And the fire they had determined had started there. There was a candle in the area, so maybe a candle had been left burning. Did they insult Smokey because they already knew that? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, a lot of good Smokey did. We know that already. Thanks a lot, Smokey. Like, Smokey, we already fucking knew it started there. God. No, but then he's like, oh, I'm the goodest boy. And also the accelerant was used here. Mm. And so this particular spot in the kitchen where this office area was back directly to the primary bedroom. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, OK, so this fire was set intentionally with accelerant. And there was a person potentially sleeping in this bedroom. When they found him, Jim was no longer in bed. Teresa had told the police that when she left, Jim was still in bed. When they found him, he was like kneeling next to the bed. Um, And they found burn marks on the bottoms of his feet. They believed that he had tried to stamp out the fire as Mm. it spread into the bedroom. Yeah. And then it kind of like collapsed to the ground. Yeah. So it was clear, like, within the day that this was an arson. This was not an accidental fire. I say that that was determined within a day, but they didn't bring Teresa in for questioning until July 5th. So I maybe they allowed her to have the funeral and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then July 5th, they asked Teresa to come down and give them an exact chronology of what happened on June 29th, what time she left the house, what all of that. So... In that interview, she says that at the time that this fire happened, that she and Jim were having financial difficulties, that, you know, Jim had been suffering from Lyme disease for several years at this point, and that they'd fallen behind on their mortgage. Their house was like 30 days from getting foreclosed on. Both of their cars had been repossessed and that things were just super stressful. But she said their marriage was good. They loved each other very much. Did it ever occur to them to not live that way? (laughs) (laughs) Why weren't they rich again? Did you answer that question, Brain? Dad, it's very important to have the boomer perspective on the podcast. We're glad to have you, you know, here. You two bringing that millennial energy, that's, uh-huh. not, that's not working all the time. Uh-huh, do you true. ever think about right. the, the, the older generation? Now, I do. I think about what you guys paid to go to college. I think about a lot of things. <laughs> it was hard. It was hard back then, Kristen. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandy. Yeah. Question about these finances. Is there something that might help this situation get all the stuff paid off 
and put them back on sound financial footing. Are you footing. talking about like some life insurance or yeah. maybe some homeowner's insurance that maybe a, a fire where someone dies might pay both of those? Well, oh, shit. no, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about that uh-huh. at all. Yeah. Because, you know, if you don't have enough money to eat, you're probably not paying life insurance premiums or what? homeowners insurance Interesting premiums. Interesting that you should say that because they did have both of those things. They had ah. both of them. Oh, ooh, uh, there fact, was a problem. That's where the money was going. Jim had a $500,000 life insurance ah, policy. Okay. There we go. I thought it was going to be more. So, that, okay. Um, Teresa was the beneficiary of. Uh-huh. So... Yeah. She got the best she could afford, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she she's, you know, sitting down with investigators and she tells them, I loved my husband more than life itself. But she said that he'd, he'd been having troubles. He'd been really stressed. He'd been dealing with depression as a result of his, sure. his poisoning <laughs> disease. And, and, and did uh, they interview the boyfriend at all? There was point. no boyfriend. Oh, oh, <laughs> I missed, I missed that one. So I took a big swing early mm-hmm. and missed. Mm-hmm. So they get this initial story from her. She talks about the timeline a little bit. She says she can't be sure exactly what time they left that day, but you know, it was no later than eight thirty. Couldn't possibly have been any later than eight thirty a.m. She said they got in the car, they went and picked up some Chick-fil-A for breakfast, and then they dropped Allison off at the babysitters, and then they hit the road for Knoxville. And so just for good measure, they talked to Teresa's friend, Robin, who was the one who was driving Mm -hmm. that day, and she said she couldn't be sure either what time they left that day, but she was pretty sure it was about 8.45 Okay, ballpark. That's that's not that bad. It's not that bad. That's yeah. a ballpark. That's it's a, not that bad. Mm-hmm. So then they decided to look into some surveillance footage at uh, the Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. So they determined that this fire had started right around 9 a.m. based on the amount of damage that had occurred by the time they got there at 9.42 a.m. And they determined that it had started at 9. So by Teresa and Robin's timelines, like... Okay, they would have been gone by the time this fire started. So when they get to the Chick-fil-A footage, they find Teresa. So they drove Teresa's rental car to pick up this other car. And so they find footage of this silver PT Cruiser that Teresa was driving as a rental car come through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru at 9.17 a.m. Ooh, that that was a half hour away the, from the house, it sounds no, it like. About 10 minutes oh, from the house. Oh, about 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Ten minutes. For the want of Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. she messed it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chick-fil-A's, you know, delicious chicken, but that really pulled her down. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. <laughs> Did the detective lean over the table and say, was it worth it? Was it, <laughs> was worth, it worth it? <laughs> so now they're like, well, shit. Like, she absolutely had time to be there and set the fire and get out of there before – so it was just like a passerby who saw smoke coming out of the house that called the yeah. called the police. And so they're trying to work to put this together. And they get a phone call from this guy named Tom Drew, who is an insurance agent. He happens to be Jim's insurance agent. And he said 
that he just he had heard about Jim's death. In fact, he'd gotten a call wondering how to claim his life insurance from Teresa on the day that Jim had died at nine thirty in the morning. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, she still had the Chick Fil A. Uh, yeah, exactly. And he said, "Hey, Jim, it's me." <laughs> he said, "Hey, I just want to let you know a couple of things. First of all, I got this phone call from Jim's wife. You know, seems like maybe she's calling a little fast, but also." I feel like you should know that I recently received a handwritten letter, like a last will and testament written by Jim, making sure that Teresa was the beneficiary on all of his insurance policies. And he said in this letter that he was contemplating suicide. Hmm. Who dropped this letter off? That's a Pray good tell. question. I did read in one article that this insurance agent told the detectives that he didn't think there was any reason to believe that Teresa knew about this letter. I would disagree, but uh-huh. seems very convenient. But with this information, the investigators were like, never, ever have we heard of a case where someone would choose to die by suicide by dying in a fire? Yeah, that's a terrible... And, exactly. And by this time, they had, had done a full autopsy and determined that he had died of smoke inhalation. So he was alive yeah. when the fire was burning. And they're like, that's, that's a stretch. There's way easier ways to do this. What they also discovered in his autopsy was that he had antidepressants Mm -hmm. in his system and also sedatives. Oh. Maybe like large amounts of sedatives. Well, you know, we all take a couple sedatives every morning, don't we? Sedatives that had not been prescribed to him. Cool, yeah. Where'd those come from? Do we know where those came from? Well, I mean, I think we can all guess where they came from. (laughs) I can't. I'm very slow. And so they talked to a forensic psychologist and they were like, that forensic psychologist was like, none of this adds up. Like, no, this is not a suicide. This was a homicide. And so Jim's death was ruled a homicide. And so around this same time, investigators are talking to other people in Jim and Teresa's life. They talked to the other employees at the Alpha Wellness Center. And uh, they did learn, you're going to like this, DP. Okay. That Teresa had maybe been having some affairs. Uh, Brandy, (laughs) when I said something about that earlier, you acted like it was the craziest cockamamie story you'd ever heard in your life. And now we're finding out it happened. Okay, here's here's the deal. There were just rumors of infidelity. Yeah. But it was like kind of those things that like everybody knew that Mm. uh, Teresa had been kind of sleeping around and that had been going on for quite some time. And, uh, yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> so with all of this additional information, they then go back and they do further searches of the Conley home. And they had, you know, done the arson investigation in the home, but they at this point hadn't had search warrants to search other parts of the home. So there had been, like, outbuildings on the property. Okay. And as part of the arson investigation, that part of the property was not touched by the fire, so it wasn't included in the investigation. It was only after they had determined or had labeled Jim's death a homicide that they were able to secure search warrants to search those other parts of the property. And when they searched that outbuilding... Boy, did they find some stuff. 
like all of the family's personal belongings <laughs> oh, neatly stacked up. <laughs> Got to save grief. those photographs. Uh-huh. And just like all of the kids' clothing and bags and baskets out there. So that <laughs> this they is so stupid. Yep. Mm-hmm. They also discovered that there had been divorce papers drawn up that had never been filed. So Teresa's story that their marriage was perfect and happy and they were just dealing with life circumstances that they've never dealt with before wasn't matching up with the evidence here. Right. And so they decided it was time to sit down with Teresa again. Before they did that, they talked to the people who worked at the Alpha Wellness Center again, and they learned that following Teresa's miscarriage, she had been prescribed pain medicine and sedatives to deal with the recovery of that, and that she had begun... Maybe she had maybe become dependent on them and had begun. There was some kind of substance use disorder stuff going on. And to support that habit, she was embezzling money from the business as well. So the business manager or like the office manager had actually approached her about this. There were 16 checks one month that Teresa had written to herself. And when the office manager was trying to balance everything, she confronted Teresa about these checks and Teresa was like, oh, those are voided checks. Those are voided checks. And the office manager was like, well, no, because voided checks don't clear the bank. And here's the statement where the where the these checks have cleared the bank account. And she tried to brush it off and, you know, but it seemed that Teresa was embezzling money from the account. How it's much time, had she taken? I don't know. I never saw a figure. Well, and it's it's time to fire this business manager. <laughs> really? It's just too damn nosy. Well, no. It's, what it's, an awkward situation. Well, the business. Hey, let's sit and talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, well, seriously, imagine this business manager. You're confronting a co-owner. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she and Jim own this business. Yeah. And you're confronting, and, and at first you're probably just thinking, "I got to figure out where where these checks went." Yeah. you're you're probably assuming that they weren't, you know, for personal purposes. Mm-hmm. But then when she starts with the voided check, then you know it is. Yeah. So sh- surely this lady got fired, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I assume the the practice was shut down with the doctor being murdered and all. So yeah, that does that does slow the business, doesn't it? Yeah. They still had the massage thing going. Yeah. But um, she was under suspicion of murder, so... Mm, So she might not be available either. Uh Okay. So when they talked to some of the other employees of this business, they also learned that Dr. Jim had confided in them that he thought he was being drugged. And when they did those blood tests during the autopsy, they found high amounts of lithium in his system. That was the sedative that was in his system. Mm. And so he had specifically told someone within the practice that he feared that Teresa had been drugging his coffee in the morning, that she had been intentionally sedating him, making his illness worse. So I never really found confirmation in any articles that really, did Jim really have Lyme disease or was he really just being poisoned the whole time or were both going on? Yeah. I, I, to me, I think it's possible both were going on. Yeah. That Teresa maybe saw the effects of his Lyme disease and how much easier it was to get away with her shenanigans, having affairs and stuff. And she wanted that to continue. And so maybe she began drugging him. Mm-hmm. But that's purely speculation. Yeah. Talk it out my ass here. I wish you would stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. 
And you, you know, you've got Kristen's. You could talk out of Kristen's. <laughs> <I> right. <do. laughs> you could upgrade at any time, Brandy. Yeah. So once they uncovered all of this information, they decided it was time for Teresa to come in and have another interview. And this time, she agreed to take a polygraph test. Oh. So what's interesting is that in Georgia, I have a real problem with this, but these, this is the law in Georgia. Polygraph tests are admissible in court. Oh, that's stupid. Is that yes. still? I believe so. Oof. Yes. So she sits down to do this polygraph test. They ask her if she had anything to do with Jim's death, if she had planned the fire, if she had anything to do with setting the fire. And according to someone on one of these episodes that talked about the results of this, I have a real problem with this, too, but we'll get there in a second. They said, quote, the computer indicated her level of deception was in excess of 100 (laughs) percent. That doesn't that makes no fucking sense. It can't be more than 100%. She could lie the entire time and it cannot be in excess of 100%. Okay, but think about this. This is Georgia. They don't know math. (laughs) Shout out to all our listeners in Georgia. (laughs) We think you're 100% great. (laughs) So... They don't waste any time. They literally do this test, and then they sit down with her and let her know the results. And they let her know she failed miserably. She mm-hmm. lied the entire time. In excess of 100% of the time, she uh-huh. lied. Yep. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. I got an idea. Yeah. They ask her a question. She tells two lies. That's 200%. That's 200%. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> he majored in econ. <laughs> and so... They sit her down, they tell her this, and she's silent for a moment, and then she says, he wanted to die. Oh. Her, what she should have said was, I think I need a lawyer. Right, exactly. She should have said that before she agreed to take the polygraph (laughs) altogether, but yeah. Yeah, so she said, he wanted to die. And they're like, "Mm -hmm, say more. Let's, (laughs) where's this going? And she said, he told me he wanted to die. He told me to leave the house and not ask any more questions. I was thinking she was going to admit that she set the fire. So she did not admit setting the fire. At this point, she did not. She did later say that she lit a candle under his instructions, lit two candles under his instructions, and then left the house. Under the flammable paper instructions? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And so they're like, okay. And she said... You know, I didn't want this to come out. I would rather spend the rest of my life in prison for something that I did not do. Oh, boy. Than to let anybody know that Jim was having these thoughts. Okay. Brandy, what? I mean, you're going to get an Academy Award for that. (laughs) You were... The only thing I wish is I wish people could have seen your expression. But Thank I think you. I think yeah. the thoughts came through that microphone so clear. The emotion Thank you. that Thank you, you had. Yeah. Uh, man, you nailed it. Mm-hmm. So they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, cool, great, awesome. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to die. Wonderful. Okay. So also let's talk about um, some phone calls you made. You were alerted that the fire had happened and that Jim had died. And your very first phone call was your insurance agent. <laughs> I was suspecting it was going to be one of the boyfriends, but no. okay, insurance insurance agent. agent. That's like, that's even worse. That doesn't that doesn't strike you as a bit strange. And she said, "You know, I know he did it. 
I can't prove he did it, but I can, I can, and you know, I can't prove that I didn't do it, but uh, <laughs> I, I know that I didn't do it. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Mm-hmm. Stop. You got to stop. Yep. So at that point on July 9th, 2007, Teresa Conley was uh, charged with felony murder and first degree arson for the death of James Conley. Following her arrest, the kids were taken into protective custody. They did eventually, I think, go live with Jim's father. But initially, they were taken into protective family and children's services. And while they were in the custody of family and children's services, they were questioned about the events the day that their father died. And Caleb said something really interesting. He said that that morning they had gotten in the car, loaded up to go to Chick-fil-A, and then dropped the sister off at the babysitters. And but he said something that had never been mentioned before. He said as his mom came out of the house, got in the car, and they started to back out of the driveway, he noticed smoke coming from the house. Mm. And he said, Mama, look, I think the house is on fire. And she had said, no, I'm just burning some papers in the backyard, something that they did fairly regularly, apparently. And so Caleb had said, you know, that was something they had done. And so he just believed his mom that that is what was going on that day when, in fact, obviously she had started the fire before yeah. they left and that her her 11-year-old son had seen the fire burning before they even got out of the driveway. So they were all set to go to trial in December of 2010 with Teresa facing felony. um, They actually adjusted the charges. There was felony murder and there was malice murder that she was charged with because they Mm -hmm. believed that she had intentionally set this fire to cause harm to Jim Conley. But... Things weren't going real well for the defense. As I mentioned, lie detector tests are admissible in court in Georgia. And her defense attorney, whose name was McCracken, by the way, his first name name, Phil. His first name was McCracken. No. Oh, I thought his first first name name was McCracken, and he went by Ken. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I think that's a cool name. I do too. I would make everybody call me McCracken. Yeah. What was I, his last name? I can't remember it. I didn't write it down. I thought for sure I'd remember it. I'm wow. so sorry. I got in so much trouble with my mother-in-law, God rest her soul, for making it. They had friends named McCracken. Uh-huh. And so she's talking about Mr. McCracken. Uh-huh. And, I, and I just offhandedly said, is his first name Phil? <laughs> and Sherry is not happy yeah. that I've made this joke. Her mom doesn't put two and two together mm-hmm. to know what it is. Yeah. But so I said, well— Seriously, what's his first? And she tells me his first name. I mm-hmm. said I was really thinking it was Phil. I knew a Phil McCracken one time. <laughs> Sherry was not happy with me. Yeah. And then other members of the family who at first thought it was funny decided that I was the bad guy, and I wasn't obviously. Obviously, yeah. His name is McCracken Poston. Well, that's too much. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a good Southern much. name. It's isn't a it? great name, but he went by Ken. So yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> 
So they're all poised to go to trial. It's moving towards the trial, which is scheduled for December of 2010. But the defense is not feeling great about their case. They've got the phone calls to the mm-hmm. the insurance agent right after she finds out Jim's dead. They've got the timeline that doesn't match what she gave. They've got Caleb's testimony that he saw the fire burning before they'd ever left the house. Yeah. And they've got... You know, it's just not good. It's not good at all. And so they, sir, <laughs> are you, is this funny? Are you making, this, a, are you, are you making a, a statement about lunch today? No, no. Um, <laughs> I was sitting here realizing my phone is not on silent. And not a single person has called you. <laughs> Well, and that's the amazing thing. I am extremely popular. Uh, yes, so we all know. popular. And so I thought I better go in here and surely nobody will make a comment when I pull my phone out well, and you, set it on you silent. You know, silencing you a phone like, is put, Yeah, you didn't just put it on silent. You're like flip it through Facebook or something over there. It There's a way easier way to put my, it in silent than My fingerprint for some reason wouldn't open oh, it up. Okay. <laughs> You know, Dead. I should have laid down some rules, <laughs> some ground rules before this started that I would not be made fun of because mm-hmm. things are not going we're, well. Not, we're not making fun of you. I'm just calling out bad behavior. Well, see, I feel responsible for my bad behavior. <laughs> I know I and shouldn't. that's not fair. I know <laughs> I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't because I know it's not bad behavior. Dad, do you want to roast her a little for her behavior at lunch? How many things did she do at lunch, though? I mean, you got to have to remind me which one. She's just constantly on her phone. I did look at oh, my phone in the middle of a gosh. conversation. You go out to lunch with these two ladies, mm-hmm. and you might as well have be having a one-on-one conversation with Kristen because <laughs> Brandy, somehow the people who aren't in the lunchroom there with us are more important than the people who are mm-hmm. sitting right there mm-hmm. with her. Listen, I was furiously checking my email, uh-huh. waiting for a response back. From an important message. Uh-huh. I don't know what her excuse is every other week, Dad, <laughs> but I'm just going to assume it's just always a very important email. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Oh, yeah, back, back to back. this plea deal. Oh, you know what? I take it really well, but Brandy, you're, you don't take our coaching so well. <laughs> That's a shame. So McCracken reaches out to... Can we just call him Phil from now on? <laughs> McCracken reaches out to the prosecutors and I was like, hey, um... Any chance of working a plea deal here? And so they decided to float a little plea deal their way. They would um, <laughs> float a little plea deal. Yeah, their way. they would <laughs> remove the malice murder charge, but she would have to plead guilty to felony murder, which is a murder, a, a death that occurs in when another felony is being. What is it? The commission of another felony. Yeah. Yes. The commission is the word that I have a really hard time remembering. And so he approaches his client and they agree to take the deal. So this she took this deal two days before her trial was to begin. And all of this happened in behind closed doors in judges chambers. That was like, I don't know, part of the deal, I guess. And so they have this private meeting with the judge and she has to admit. Teresa Conley has to admit that this was planned, according to her, by her and Jim together. No, give me a break. In order to better their finances and that Jim was never supposed to die. Give me oh, a break. Well, that's a new story because yeah. before it was he wanted to uh-huh. die. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So she was supposed to 
light two candles and get out of the house. And then he was also supposed to at some point get out of the house, but he'd been unable to do so. And so he had died and he died in this fire. And she said at this plea hearing, she said, at no time was there intent to bring harm or injury. The plot to burn the household was to ease the financial burden of myself and my husband. And at that hearing, she said, I lit two candles like he wanted me to do, and I walked away with no questions. I can't believe she's getting away with this. I know. Oh, wait a minute. She's, she's spending time in jail. She's not well, getting yeah, away but, with I mean, yeah. But I, she should be going away for a very, very long time. And Don't she's worry. Not... She will be. She oh, just doesn't okay. know it yet. <laughs> oh, okay. So, okay. So she is, that's a requirement of the plea deals that she has to admit what she did and how Some she did it and why story, she did it. Yeah. But she comes up with a bullshit story to relieve herself of any blame. Um And in return, the state dropped the malice murder count, and she was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. So when she was sentenced to this by the judge, she was shocked. She's like, well, what does that mean? How long? What's the minimum? Did they not give her a sense of what her sentence would be? So she she knew that she was facing life without the possibility of parole Uh if she went to trial and was found guilty of the malice murder and the felony murder charge, which is why she sought the plea deal. Uh She really thought she was going to get some kind of lesser sentencing by pleading guilty. Mm -hmm. But the judge said, or when she entered the plea, he said, there is no minimum. I can't tell you how long you'll be in there. That's up to the parole board. Mm -hmm. She said, well... What is what does that mean? Like how how long before I go to the parole board? And he said, I can't give you guidelines on that. There's no guidelines on that. And and he said, what I can tell you is that it would be a bad idea to punch a guard the first day you arrive in prison. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> These judges, they they sometimes got a sense of humor. I don't know. They? And she said. I beg that you have mercy on me for this. I accept full responsibility oh, what? for this. What now? Yeah. Weird because you didn't. A minute ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so Teresa Conley was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. Um, and she was shipped off to prison. So it turns out that she will be eligible, eligible for parole after 30 years. Wow. And this was not determined until after, like, all of this stuff goes through the courts and whatever. And so when she found that out, so she will not be eligible for parole until 2041, and she'll be 67 years old at that time. So when she found out that she had to serve a minimum of 30 years, she appealed her guilty plea, Uh saying that she had ineffective counsel. That she wasn't properly explained what this plea deal uh-huh. was and what a guilty plea would mean. And initially, it looks like the appeals court sided with her and said, yeah, that probably should have been explained a little bit better. But then the warden, this seems really weird. The warden appealed that decision. The warden? <laughs> the warden. Yes. Appealed that decision and said, no, look at this whole conversation that's in the record where the judge said, I can't tell you what the minimum is. It just depends on your behavior in prison. And so her sentence was upheld. This how I don't understand how the warden was the one who did that part. But OK, I don't I don't know. You're that's just, you're just the, some stupid. Ho who that's showed what up the court to, record says. Okay. <laughs> I think 
you two are so lacking in your legal knowledge. <laughs> what? That I'm not sure you should be doing these cases and explaining this stuff without some kind of a legal Dad, background. I went to law school for an entire semester, even though I mentally checked out very early on. I think you should have gone at least two semesters. Oh. And Brandy, <laughs> how about how about a full year of criminal justice, Brandy? What about that? Yeah, no, thank you. So, yeah. She was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 30 years. She remains in prison now. Caleb and Allison were sent to live with family members. Caleb was interviewed extensively on these two programs, and he said he was just a super angry kid after this happened. I bet. And that he yeah. acted out a lot, and he didn't know how to where to place his anger. Mm-hmm. And then I think he joined the military, and that really helped him, and he seems to be living like a happy and productive life now. So he's early 20s now? Or yeah. 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 Okay. Well, yeah, that that would mess you up. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's the story of a fire. Whew. Yeah. Rough one, Brandy. Rough yeah. one. Yeah. That lady was full of shit. Yes. You know, when when people don't know how to they don't think through a story real well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden every every few days they have to pivot off of that story into a new one because they've been caught in that lie. Well, yeah, oh, and when you're spins. lying in excess of 100% of the time, yeah, then it's you know, real bad. Gosh, they're yeah. going to catch you. The math. <laughs> minimum 100% of the time. Yeah, they're going to catch you 104% minimum. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys ready? Yeah. Are you ready? What do you got for us here, GP? <laughs> Fishing me, around in your pants. Let me, let me pull this out of my pocket. <laughs> no. Okay. Are you guys ready? Buckle up. Got a big one for you. Oh, boy. (laughs) Dateline Secrets Uncovered episode. That's where I originally learned about this case. Okay. Chillingcrimes.com had a good article. Oh, that's one of my favorite sources. Oh, it is? Yeah. And then Lowhud.com. Have you ever heard of Lowhud? L-O-H-U-D.com. Had another really good article by Robert Brown. Lowhud? Lowhud. Okay. Yeah. Is this a reputable source, sir? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't use much from it, so. Oh, yeah. This is, okay. This is an actual newspaper. Oh, okay. <laughs> and also, I didn't write the uh, true crime. What's, what's the one with Chris Hansen, true crime story? Oh, um, true crime daily. True crime daily. Yeah, I, I love me some Chris Hansen. I mean, you remember you remember him back in the day when he was uh, getting after the 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 predators, the child predators. <laughs> I'm have, not familiar with that. Have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 2002. Ira and Susan Bernstein. They have just gotten married. Uh-huh. They met at Penn State back in the 90s when they were both undergraduates. Mm-hmm. Now these. What were they studying? Well, let's. Oh, let's, sorry. Calm down. Keep your pants on. Keep okay. your pants on, as they say uh-huh. in the podcast business. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was studying some pre-med stuff uh-huh. because he became a doctor. Uh-huh. He became a podiatrist, okay. in fact. We got a chiropractor and a podiatrist. Podiatrist this, this time, mm-hmm. and uh, on the Dateline episode, I can't think of the lady's name. She's interviewing him, and she makes a joke about how'd you choose feet? Yeah, and he's kind of a nerdy, smart guy, and all he could think to say was. Well, feet are very important. Oh, okay. yeah. So he has a foot fetish is what we're, well, is what we're getting at. Could be. Could be. <laughs> feet are very important. Brandy, that's really not the direction this whole thing's going. Oh, okay. This, this I'm sorry. It's not a foot problem issue. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so they, they met at Penn State in the 90s with their undergraduate. 
Susan also, she ends up getting her doctorate in education. So a couple of very highly educated, smart folks who got married and moved back to his childhood home in upstate New York, Rockland County, New York. Now, let's fast forward because we've got the 2002 marriage. Now we're in 2012, 10 years later. These folks are killing it financially. Yeah. I mean, just killing it. Were they putting it into savings, you know, so that they weren't, you know. Brandy. Well, yeah, they weren't stupid, Brandy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they did have, they they did make some smart financial moves, but they were still swimming, Mm -hmm. you know, upstream a little bit on the financial. They were a bit beyond their means. Okay, 13. Now, he's he's on this Dateline episode, and they're interviewing him in a normal setting. So I'm starting off thinking, okay, you know, he's he's maybe a victim here. Or what's no, what's going uh-uh. on? No, huh? You don't know anything at this point, Brandy. Yeah, just, yeah, we do. We've seen enough sometimes. Dateline. Sometimes yeah. they like take half the jumpsuit off, they tie it <laughs> at their waist, they put and a then regular they shirt on at the top. Yeah. And then they just film, film from, them like, from the waist up. You guys yeah. are very suspicious. <laughs> he is bragging about how rich he is. Mm-hmm. 13,000 square foot house. Now, how many people tell you how many square feet their house is? You every time. Me. Thank you. <laughs> so obviously this guy is, is a smart guy. 14 acre property. Dang. Okay, wow. 14 okay. acre property. And how, many, how many acres you got? I've got eleven, but I own oh, other so other property. Other I own that's other property, so though, Kristen. Sad. Oh, I know. Oh, sad. God. Only eleven acres. Maybe if you'd saved your money better, you could have fourteen. <laughs> I, I needed to listen to this guy more. If he, if he would have given me some advice, they've got a beautiful pool house. Mm. They've got a lake on the property yeah. with mm. a dock. You know, it's the boats than a and pond. stuff. Tennis. <laughs> Kristen, you're trying to put me down for not being as rich as this guy. No, he 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 theoretically is richer than me. Oh, okay. oh. They own twenty other houses or commercial well, buildings. Well, shit, he's yeah, definitely he's richer, way richer than, you. than you. Oh, you don't know the whole story yet. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, he's okay. in prison now, yeah. so I mean, his, obviously, and his <laughs> wife spend a lot of money on that defense. <laughs> guess how much his wife Susan, who does not work outside the home, how yeah. much does she spend on her credit card every month? Oh, five thousand oh. dollars. No, Brandy, that's child's play. What are you talking about? Brandy. Um, twenty grand a See, month. You're not you're not much better. Forty grand. Oh wow. Wow. but again, Whoa. again, we're listening to Ira's end of the story. Here. That is true. So yeah. it's probably all his wife's fault, whatever happens. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm just getting the vibe. <laughs> You're getting the vibe that Susan may not be as bad as we're thinking. So he, he literally says, we were kind of struggling financially because I have a feeling there were mortgages on yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so it wasn't like this stuff was free and clear. You guys love an address, don't you? <gasps> oh, oh shit! Yes. yes, we do. Okay. Okay. Buckle up, Buttercups. This is on. You can go to Realtor.com or anywhere. This is for sale right I now. I see the address. Oh my god! I yeah, come it. on, come on. Six Cobblestone Farm Court. What? That's not even a real. Um, Cobblestone's one we're word. We're in New Jersey. No, we're in New York. In I, Montebello, New York, or one. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. It's, you said it's for sale right now? It's for sale right now. Oh, shit. 
Oh, Ooh. shit. Ten beds, nine baths? Oh, that is... Hey, it's a 13,000 square foot. Okay, according to this, it's only 8,000 square feet. So. Oh, well, he, you mean he was... not counting the below grade square footage. Maybe he was lying. No, I think he, no there's probably 5,000 square foot basement, don't you think? Yeah, probably so. Are you probably looking so. at the entrance into this yes, place? Yes, I fucking am. Do you see that gate? If, no, I'm talking about when you enter oh, the Oh, I'm not home. into the house yet. Hold on. It's the perfect setup for like oh, when you come pictures. to my house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I come <laughs> down in a ball stare. gown every yes. time. See, Kristen comes down one side in the ball gown. Brandy comes yeah. down the other side in the ball Wait, gown. Wait, are we living together in this fantasy? <laughs> this is prom pictures, Kristen. Ew. You get together for oh, prom pictures. Look at the terrible wallpaper. There's wallpaper all over the fucking that place is, in this thing. And, you know, I'm not anti-wallpaper, but this stuff is 2002. Yeah. I don't, I kinda Electric like Boogaloo. I, I kind of like that bathroom wallpaper. Yeah, no, the bathroom the wallpaper damask, is good. Like I'm that. talking about that Four yeah, that, Seasons yeah, room. No, That's just that terrible. Yeah. Listeners, I'm going to take a break for about yeah. 20 minutes while they yeah. oogle I mean, this they house. They have an upholstered headboard, so you know I'm here for that. Shit. Yeah. That is virtually staged, though. That that furniture is not really in that room. I don't know how you know that, Brandy. Because on Realtor.com, they're supposed to say if it's staged. Mm-hmm. Virtually staged, I should say. Okay, don't don't go too crazy on, because you know I'm, what? I'm going the, crazy. Oh, man, they've got an outdoor, like the fire, oh, fire pit play. situation. Oh. That's very nice. Oh, is this nice. a mother-in-law suite here? Sure got, is. Holy shit. Look at that tennis court. Tennis court. Beautiful. Giant pool. Now, you're not even saying. How much are they asking for this house now? Five, Five million. million. I know. I mean, I'm should serious. Should we go buy it? I think we should Something because— Something horrible happened here. Well, you don't know anything horrible happened. Yes, there, I do. I've got that's right I got here. A feeling. Horrible things happen. Horrible happened things happen here. Multiple people were murdered in this house. Doesn't say that anywhere. No, no, because nothing, nothing bad happened. Nothing. No, this is this right. is one of these. It's got lush grass. This is one of these. Says right fun, here on the listing. <laughs> I thought you were just uh, admiring the grass. No. What's a fireplace balcony? There's a balcony with a fireplace. That's exactly what it sounds like. You to look me. over your balcony and you see a fireplace. That's not what that <laughs> <laughs> You see it has radiant heat? You got to love radiant heat. Yeah. Especially in 2002, you yeah. got to love radiant heat. You think they got that in-floor heating? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure, right? Now, here's the weird thing. That was your favorite thing to talk about at your last house. Was radiant heat? Your, no, your floor heat. We didn't have didn't floor have heat. Floor, you're thinking of their RV. Oh, which is that what it is? Okay, excuse me. Yes. Now, How dare you, Brandy? <laughs> I want you to take a guess as to, as to what these two folks paid for this house a, a, around, to, you know, in the early 2000s. Oh, I can tell oh. you here in one second. <laughs> no, that's no fun, Brandy. Brandy, um, I'm not going to let you look that up. Okay. They paid $1.6 million yeah. in 2010. Wow. Uh-huh. Now, remember, 2010, that's when we bought our place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 2010, business okay. was bad yeah. in 2010 in the real estate market. So they paid one point six. They sold it for four point one uh, about a year ago, and now it's back on the market for five million. Yeah. I still think if you're an hour outside of New York City, this thing ought to be. I would have guessed ten million. I would have minimum. guessed as well. Yes. Anyway, okay. So you got a picture of how these folks are living. Yeah. Forty grand a month on the credit card. They've got money rolling in from rental properties, yeah. but things aren't 
aren't as smooth as silk as, as you'd think, even financially. Right. And then we're going to get into some other stuff that is not fun. But they have They're three kids. Other <laughs> Brandy. Banging other people. <laughs> Brandy, don't pull this down into the gutter. Okay. Yeah. This what isn't what like, else could it be? This yeah. isn't one of your cases that you just yeah. did where the lady was banging guys, <laughs> banging mm-hmm. the dudes. Okay. It didn't specifically say dudes. She could have been banging ladies. It could have been. I, I sorry. Sometimes I am just <laughs> slightly homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> You did. You did want the boomer perspective. We did. We, you know, the listeners demanded it. <laughs> I said, put that boomer on there more. Okay. Again, remember, this is Ira's story. Okay. And so from prison. No, Brandy. <laughs> he has an affair. Oh, he was banging other people. He was. Yeah, that was the next thing out of my mouth after I told you you were crazy, Brandy. So he has an affair. He gets caught in the act. Uh, no, no, no! Oh, okay. Don't get don't get so graphic. Don't get so graphic <laughs> in the detail. She's disgusting. Yeah, I'm really, sorry, Brandy. Dad. Come on, can you keep her under control a little I more? Can't. No, I can't. Cut wish the mic. I could. Cut she the has mic. No control over me. Patty, cut her whole story. <laughs> so, so here's what Ira tells the Dateline people. What does he say? They have an open marriage now. No. Oh, okay. no, they don't. He has oh, negotiated right. an open marriage. I don't think Susan knows about the open yeah, marriage. Yeah, see, the thing about an open marriage is that both people have to know they're in an open marriage. It's, that's just cheating, right? If you're yeah, just, correct. <laughs> and it's, it's, it looks like that's kind of the way things were going. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but again, when you're in front of the camera, you're telling your side of the story, which might have some positive twists yeah. going towards you. Okay, weird thing. She gets tired of this open marriage that she didn't know about. In 2014, she kicks him out of the house. Now, how do you get a guy kicked out of the house? What do you mean? I mean, well, no, you, I mean, they have the police come and get him oh. because he's both verbally oh, and emotionally, emotionally abusive. abusive to her and the kids. OK. OK. All right. And yeah. His okay. response to that is on the gentle, you know, teddy bear. Yeah. I wouldn't ever. Mom. I don't even. My kids walk was, all over I me. I was really thinking you were going to be like, that bitch, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, no, no. He was. He was know, a big sweet pie. Here's the deal. Yeah. Here's the deal. I'm telling you. As you're watching this th- case, you're thinking, this guy is a good actor because he was sounding – he was like producing – You were buying te- You were buying all the garbage. Well, you're not really buying it, but he's producing tears when he needs to have tears. He's getting choked when he needs to be yeah. choked. He's telling you what a good daddy is. Okay. Uh, so you're, you're kind of like, man, this guy's he's got the act down. He does get his way back into the house a few months later. So she gives oh. – well, she, he's well, – charm. He's charmed. Okay. Right. He's charming right. me on the yeah. camera. Right. He's that's charming true. her. That's true. Dad's been you know, over yeah. waiting for <laughs> Kristen. You're the one been over. <laughs> that's worse than anything I've said today. Listeners, I want to apologize on Kristen's behalf yeah. for saying things. You know, here's the thing. Brandy likes to dip her toe over the line. Yeah. I like to just jump in. <laughs> okay, so so get this. So he's back in. Things aren't going well when he's back in. Shocking. Because he's still doing the open marriage that she doesn't know about. Yeah. All of a sudden, she talks him into signing a post-nup. Oh, that gives her uh-huh. the vast majority of their fortune. Wow. And we don't really know how much that is wow. because yeah. they owe so yeah. much money, but it gives her wow. the vast majority. Why would he sign a post-nup 
Because he's planning to, to kill, kill her. her. Yeah. Okay. She's not going to survive the marriage, so it doesn't matter. Okay, that's 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 a that's a good theory. That's a good theory. Mm-hmm. We may find out that she knows some stuff. Oh. oh. Also, so she may know some stuff. Okay. That would make him do just about yeah, anything. Yeah. So he's up to some illegal activities. Okay. All right. <laughs> I gave. Right. I, I gave, got a double. I got, I got a double a point. point. Double point. <laughs> Brandy's. Brandy's understanding. So she knows all the dirt on him. She knows dirt. Okay. Now, why he shared this dirt, I do not know. Yeah. But at some point in this marriage, he shares the dirt. Okay. We're gonna circle. We're gonna back come back to, to that. The, we don't get to, to know dirt. what the dirt is no, yet. Okay. Not, not, not just yet. giving us a little taste. But so so he's like he's like out of the house again now. He's getting he's gotten punted out for the second time okay. because of his misunderstanding of what open marriage meant. <laughs> <laughs> and he meets Kelly Grabolik. Now, Kelly, in one in one reading, was a former patient of his. Mm-hmm. In another one, she was selling uh, the fr- foot uh, inserts for your shoe oh, yeah. and met him through that. Um, and another one, she worked in one of the offices. So I, I know she worked in one of his offices later on. But this lady, okay, he's Kristen. Here we go. Mm-hmm. He's forty. Uh huh. How low would it go on her age for you to be comfortable? I want you to be comfortable. How low? Um, 35. She barely missed. She's 33. So you're almost comfortable. And here's the other thing. She's a divorced mom with three kids as well. So she's got similar. Oh, then in that case, yeah, yeah that's fine. No. You're okay with the 33. Yeah. Well, she has life experience. That's a, that's a life experience 33 Absolutely. right there. And also, I'm going to make some assumptions. Okay. She knows what she's gaining out of this relationship. Oh, yeah. Uh, the police said she was not a person of means. <laughs> yeah. Which, mm-hmm. in, that's yeah. a really nice way of saying she's poor. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Thank you now, for defining that. She had in the past been a uh, mortician. Oh. Oh. So I assumed they made pretty good money. Am I wrong? Well, what she wasn't. A, she wasn't a mortician anymore. So here's what I think: They said she was a mortician. Uh-huh. I think she was slapping some makeup on the people okay. after the fact. I don't think she was doing. She wasn't doing the embalming. I don't know, but <laughs> she. We, don't the, ask these <laughs> questions. Yeah, all right. Why all the detail, Nora? Uh, I think I might have uh, missed my calling in life. I think maybe I was supposed to be a investigator. No, a mortician. Yeah. Because she loves makeup. Yeah. She's a the big, makeup, creepy I weirdo. The and then I could you got the, the stomach for the, the thing in the butthole. Do it all. You got the, can you gut them and everything, Brandy? Yeah, I Ew, could do gut them. Well, Kristen, what do you think they do? Oh, do they gut them? I mean, you gotta, yeah, you got to do some oh. stuff. You got to oh, take yeah. the stuff out. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. You don't want stinky. Also, okay. also yes. another, another point. Oh, you just banged the table, sir. Kelly, We're trying to have a professional <laughs> podcast here where Brandy talks about her joy for sticking things in people's buttholes. <laughs> and you, you talk know, about your father being bent over. <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story. Now, Brandy, um, she tried to become a mortician, but she was too excited about that butthole. <laughs> <laughs> they kicked me out the they second said, day. They said, yeah. uh, She's like, so when do we get start? to the butthole plugs? And they said, uh, why don't you go next door to the cosmetology yeah, school? Yeah, yeah. And you mm-hmm. said, sorry. Okay, sorry. Also... <laughs> Kelly had really good feet. That is just Ew. a rumor. What? Just, a, just a rumor. So he did Ew, have a foot fetish. Are you making a joke? <laughs> I totally made that up. <laughs> but you know she would have to have good feet, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, I got a, I got a quote. Although you're marrying a bald guy. That is true. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. But he's sense. got a hell of a beard. Yeah, he mm. does. Which I groom for him. 
maybe Kelly's got a hell of an ass or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got a quote that Ira said on the Dateline TV show. Yeah. She had a sexy look to her, and she really got me. Oh, oh boy. Don't. Really got me. It. Doesn't that sound like, girl, like the most. You really he got me, girl. Hey, does anybody still do those uh, soundtracks? Uh, let's go to court soundtracks. What back, do you mean? Back like a couple of years ago, somebody did a oh, sound- like a Spotify playlist. Yeah, of, of all your all your. Does anyone do a mixtape, Brandy? <laughs> yeah, can you do a mixtape? No, I think there's a couple listeners who have put together some "Let's Go to Court" Spotify playlists. Yeah. Okay. Does okay. anybody um, burn CDs anymore? <laughs> What about those 45s that you put on exactly. the, the exactly. disc player? Does anybody get the Victrola out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kristen, don't make fun of boomers anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't you even still know have what those Vic- headphones that have like the foam pads on them. You should sides. see my head. My headphones are really cool now, Brandy. Are they? Yeah. What, what kind of headphones is he? I don't know what kind of headphones, but I'm I've got ear, ear candy. Ear oh. candy. Oh, I'm going to get them out. You got wireless jobbies? <gasps> well, okay, but... Norman. Is one of them not working, so you're only using one now? What was that story? Well, no, I can make both of them work, but a lot of times I'll run outside, and you only want one because if you're outside running, you really need to hear a car coming up behind you. Right. but Or a murderer. Wasn't, wasn't there a while there when you only had one that was working or you lost that's, one? That's all, the, that's all that works right now because I haven't hooked it up to both of them to work. Okay. Well, some special skill you have to unlock within your headphones for both of them to work? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> okay, so this this Kelly Dad, lady. Dad, have you ever felt like you were going to be murdered out on a run? Uh, not murdered. Um, I I did get hit by a car once. I, do, I yeah, I do know that. Yeah, yeah. So that you might have a yeah a reason to. Let me make tell sure you, you when when a car comes at you, you get high. And I'm not talking smoking pot. I'm I'm taking you jump yeah. uh, to get on top of the hood of the car instead of being underneath the car. I yeah. always heard white man can't jump. <laughs> <laughs> except <laughs> except this guy. Except for this one right here. Yeah, DP's got ups. <laughs> <laughs> DP got the ups. You know those Costco shoes really send you flying. Even don't if they? you have the Do ups. Do you run in Costco shoes? No, he doesn't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I got them at Costco. They're Asics, though. Oh, well, oh, okay. that, that, that's not, that's what, not what we're, we're talking. Not, we're not I talking. Make about. sure you're not running in Costco Court Classics. Yeah, you're going to need a podiatrist. Costco Adidas here. I'm not in the Court Classics anymore, only because they don't sell. They don't sell them anymore. If they sold fifteen dollars tennis shoes, You'd, I would buy, you would them. buy them. Okay. Okay, so Kelly is also an aspiring model. Mm. Now she's an aspiring model. She's Thirty-three and, and has three. kids. Okay. Kristen, let me explain how you become an aspiring model at 33. Okay. I was an aspiring Major League Baseball player <laughs> when I was in yeah. my 20s playing in Beer League softball games. Yes. Uh-huh. That's the same way. So they have some pictures of her dressed up in, you know, nice dresses and stuff. Yeah. And so yeah. She's doing the sexy look. She's sucking in her cheeks. She's, yeah. She hand on – chicken wing? Is that what this th- hand on the hip yeah. is called? Yeah. yeah. She's that's, doing the chicken That's wing. where you lose your arm fat Yeah, that's real how quick. you do it. And you got to do like a claw oh, on the uh-huh. hand. Yeah. That's what she was doing. She yeah. was doing pictures like that. Now, aspiring model. Uh-huh. Kind of, when sure. I, when I think of model, mm-hmm. I think of Gazelle, <laughs> Bunchen, and Tom Brady. Did I, say, did I say her name wrong? Yeah. No, you said it right. Gazelle. Gazelle. Mm-hmm. Like Tony Bunchen. Little Gazelle. 
Let's still need a little. You know, the guy with the ponytail and he's doing the arms and the swing oh, thingy. Yeah. You know, the Tony Little Gazelle. Okay, are you her guys. Name is Giselle. Giselle, are you guys feeling sorry for her and Tom? Um, no? I think they'll both be fine. Yeah, I think they're going okay? to come out the other end of this still. Still have. Wealthy hot people. So. <laughs> I heard Gazelle. Doesn't have six months savings put away. <laughs> I think she does. Do you know she made over $100 million a year in her uh, prime? That's as- more than Tyra Banks. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen. Kristen, it's Banks, Kristen. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> okay, so let's get back to this case. Yeah. All right. We've got the aspiring model and the rich doctor. No. Yeah. Okay. Is she really an aspiring model or is this like Dateline just being kind of shitty? Oh, I think Dateline being shitty. Oh, okay. But it was yeah. interesting. You know, Dateline, they, they sneak some stuff in. Mm-hmm. So instead of just like going to when she knows she's on camera, they pull back and they show the interviewer and another camera and she's like – Playing with her oh, hair, yeah. fixing oh, it up. Yeah. Getting... Well, that's just rude because I'd be doing the same thing if I knew <laughs> yeah. I was going to be on camera. Well, mm-hmm. she was, she was, and she was dolled up. Let me. Yeah. Well, yeah, Obviously. and I'm sure she's beautiful. I, yeah. yeah, but anyway, yeah. okay. Yeah, well, she she was okay. She was okay. <laughs> doesn't pass the deep so, test. She's no gazelle. <laughs> she's not a gazelle. She's no gazelle on the Serengeti. Let's just put it that way. Okay, so Susan. The wife finds out about the aspiring uh, the aspiring model and yeah. is not happy. Um, it's not a good situation to have your you know husband, even though it's strange and he's moved yeah, out. Yeah, but she's got all this dirt on him, so she's gonna. She, what's she gonna do with the dirt? Well, she's got the dirt, yeah, yeah. So she doesn't have to worry too much. Kelly, poor Kelly, sees this man she loves mm-hmm. who is being mistreated. Oh, by no. the wife. Oh no, mistreated, oh. and she goes on and on in this episode about how I I can't see the man I love oh, be hurt. Oh my god! Do they murder Susan? Oh lord! Brandy, do not worry about Susan. Susan's got the dirt. I'm worried. I'm worried about Susan. Susan. Okay, now we're going to go forward a little more time. Okay. So we, they're they're developing this relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we're at 2016 now, and Kelly is out shopping. Now, what does the mistress of a rich doctor lingerie. go shopping? Okay, she goes shopping for lingerie is a good guess. Yes. What else? She goes shopping for like a matching set of lingerie that she also got for her friend. <laughs> Kristen, that is the worst made-up thing I've ever heard in my life. No one does that. <laughs> You're right. No one should do it. <laughs> any, any other – you have not? You have not um, okay. gotten it yet. Now, hold on. Give us the setup again. The mistress of a rich guy, what's she out shopping for? We're talking about just shopping for herself? Like Yeah. Yeah. She's shopping handbags. for herself. Designer handbags. Boob job. Another couple of good guesses. Mm-hmm. We're not there yet. Car. Makeup. Makeup. Car. Car. That's a good guess. Okay. Car is a really good guess. And yeah. car is as close as we're going to get to the right answer. Tractor. <laughs> yeah, she's tractor shopping. So he had already bought her a BMW. Oh, my oh, Lord. So, but, but, but listen, listen. So she met this BMW car salesman mm-hmm. when he got her the BMW. Wait, is he hot? For some reason. I'm sorry. I just slurped my <laughs> iced coffee. She goes back to talk to him. His name is Markenzie Lucant, and he is a BMW car salesman. Yeah, is mm-hmm. he hot? No, 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 he's not. He's not hot at all. No, he. She's just like 
created this relationship, so she's going to come back and buy even more stuff from him. Oh, okay. Keep up, Brandy. Right. Come on. All right. She's Brandy, she is so far off base, it's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> so evidently, when she talked with Kenzie, she indicated that, you know, having some problems with her, her ex, you know, yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. She doesn't have custody of the kids. And so oh, okay. you know, she's, she's not happy not having custody of the kids. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe there's a reason she doesn't have custody of the kids, but we'll, we'll find okay. out. Um, he, he tells her, hey, you know, I've got some connections. I might be able to help you out. And he, the connections he has is with the police department. But he doesn't articulate his connections. But, he, you know, if you have some trouble with the ex-husband, let me know and I'll – Oh, you know. my gosh. So she thinks the connections are like crime. Like a yes. hitman. Yes. 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 Oh, She's shopping for a hitman. Oh, my gosh. But instead he knows the police. So, OK. Listen to this. And he's one of those upstanding BMW salesmen and so yeah. he's going to turn them in. Oh, Brandy, you're – He's going to set it up. OK. All right. Why don't you tell let, us yeah, yeah. Let me <laughs> – See, the way this podcast works in its truest form is I tell the story yes. and you listen and react. Yes. Okay? So she goes to him. Mm-hmm. Now, she had struck out three times already. Shopping finding, for a hitman. Shopping for a hitman. Yeah. Now, can you imagine somebody comes to you and wants to know either if you'll kill somebody or if you know someone who will kill somebody? I would be so flattered. <laughs> Because they'd say – you'd think, oh, this person knows I have connections. Well, Markenzie, you know, he's kind of a wannabe cop kind of guy oh, and he yeah. sees an opportunity to go he's undercover. He's so excited. Oh. Yes. <laughs> he is. He is about peeing himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to get wired up. Because he's got this – he's got these buddies in the police yep. department that he, that he knows real well. Oh, yep. Well, nobody's more excited than the police officers because they know – this situation. Yeah. They're all just drama kids at heart. <laughs> so um, – and so they, they, they kind of figure it out real early on because she says she needs somebody killed. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, they figure it out. Then. You only get one guess as to who it is. <laughs> so she goes into pretty strong detail as to how this should happen. Oh, As if oh, she – How does she convenient. want it to happen? Total accident. Oh, right. Okay. Sure. She That's wants her hit as a pedestrian. Oh, gosh. Now, this has nothing to do Just like with, you on a run. Yeah. She, she wants her with two headphones. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interestingly enough, and really seriously, the cop said this had nothing to do with it, but she had actually hit and killed a pedestrian <gasps> several years before. And they said there was no indication oh my that gosh. it was it – was, there was any kind of an intent or anything like that. Uh-huh. But she had hit and killed a pedestrian. Yeah. So she's thinking this she's is an easy thing, thing that happened. No yeah. investigation. Yeah. and. The bottom line is, so oh we've got Markenzie's car with audio recording yeah. and a camera sitting in the middle of the back seats, between the two back seats, a camera is, uh-huh. is facing forward. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing footage after footage after footage. Was of, it a hidden cam or one of the big shoulder cams? And he was like, don't worry about <laughs> that thing. Don't worry about that cop-looking guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. about- <laughs> No, you hear was, the VHS right. stop. needs to be He's turned like, Hold over. Hold on, I flip the tape over. <laughs> So, um, Markenzie, he says, at first, he he's like, you know, she's not really serious about this. She's just mad because she says the lady's calling me a hoe, and the lady's. Call- <laughs> I said, my daughter and her friend call each other hoes all the time. That's right. that just well, that's, that's just what happens. Brandy is a, a hoe. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but Markenzie ends up telling her, 
I know some guys. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And when he says he knows guys. He means police officers. <laughs> <laughs> he does not get specific on, on what he knows. So they meet up in this rigged vehicle. He And, and the police said, get her in the vehicle if you can. Yeah. Don't yeah. go to her car. Come and get her in, 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 in here. Yeah. Sure enough, she gets in and she just lays it out. They need this Susan Bernstein killed. Yeah. That's got to be an accident. And he says, okay, what are you thinking money-wise? And she says, well, what are you thinking money-wise? And she yeah. says, two. And two he says, what? 2,000? Well, he says, 200,000? Yeah. Because I think she was seeing if they'd do it for two. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't know who – Markenzie, he might sell BMWs, but her his buddies might be right. really yeah. low rent. Yeah. And so uh, they agree to 200,000. 200? Okay, now this is more than most, but these guys, you know, Markenzie knows this lady bought a BMW and she didn't have BMW money. So he knows There's that the husband this. Yeah. is funding mm-hmm. this. And so they agree 200000 He's probably going to have to liquidate some of that property to get well, that money. who knows? He may, maybe he's got 200000 laying around. Okay, so then Markenzie says, going to need a deposit. How much is the deposit? $2,000. <laughs> need yeah. $2,000 yeah. up front. Okay, right. Now, you know, 1% deposit. <laughs> what do you do when you have to give somebody a deposit in a contract situation? You want to know the refund policy. She, she literally asks what their refund oh policy Oh, my gosh. Was. What if she changes her mind or if they don't or do it? Or if they it? don't do it, all kinds of stuff could go wrong. Brandy, think about it. You're, you're redoing your basement. Yeah. Well, the yeah. guy wants 200000 to redo your basement. You say, okay, here's 2000 What's your refund policy if you don't get the job done? She thinks that they are in some kind of a legitimate business situation yeah. where she's okay. going to get her 2000 back. She's going to ask for a refund. Okay. She's going to ask for – no, she didn't ask for a refund. Wants to know what the policy oh, okay, is. Okay, great. What was the policy? Hitmen often have written policies. Yeah, it's on the back of the receipt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the policy was – you remember we did a, a case a few uh, – maybe maybe last time I was on where the installment plan was uh, – they attempted to set up an oh, installment yeah. plan for a hit. This is another detail that it needs to be thought through when you're doing a hit is can we do an installment plan yeah. and is there a refund policy? I I think I fell out of my chair when she asked yes, me for the, the refund policy. Because actually yeah. hearing her say it, what's, yeah. your, what's your refund policy? And McKenzie, I mean, this guy's a good actor. You know, he's like, refund policy? What are you talking about? This is a hit. We're a refund policy. Yeah, I don't think he was acting. I think that's how anyone would react. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he gets a chance to act a lot more okay. and it gets it gets even better. So, you know, she runs to Ira and says, okay, it's going to be $200,000. Well, Ira's not really happy with the price. Mm-hmm. It does seem pricey. It's, it, even, even for a man of that. But, you know, they, yeah. they went on, on Zillow and looked up his house and say, this guy's got a $5 million house. Right. We are getting two hundred grand. Yeah. Well, she has to go back then because she's the intermediary. Yeah. Ira's staying clean on this mm-hmm. in his own mind. Yeah. But she keeps mentioning my partner and we, uh-huh. and so and Mackenzie mm-hmm. knows she doesn't have yeah. you know a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand to her name. Yeah. But she comes back and she says, "It's got to be a hundred thousand." Well, he's like, "No, we already agreed to two hundred. No, but he's going to be like, "Great, yeah. we'll she still says, do it." Okay, okay. For I'm gonna, you, I'm going to have to give For up. You will do it. Yeah, you're you're a first time customer. Yeah, and we and think since you've, you've been called a hoe, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's not okay. Fifty percent discount. Okay, so they agree. Here's the deal. 
hundred thousand. She's already given the two thousand. Mm-hmm. And you'd think at this point they could just jump on it and go because you always hear once they get the money they can they, they have it, but they really want, they want Ira. More. Oh, well, yeah, they want yeah. Ira on yeah, tape. Okay. because the yeah, yeah, the, the whale, fish. the big, yeah. the big fat Ira yeah. whale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're going back and forth, and they meet several times. I mean, it's not she is not uncomfortable at all sitting yeah. around in this BMW talking about uh, about this deal. But Ira is still a little uneasy about it. Mm-hmm. And he has maybe another job that they could do for him before they murder his wife. What? To prove that they're capable of – Her you know, ex-husband that has the kids? No. Good, good guess, Brandy. Okay. But remember I told you that Susan was on to something? Uh-huh. There's some insurance investigators oh. that need to be taken out of the picture – at kill least, the insurance well, investigator? not kill him, Kristen. Where are you going with this? <laughs> kill him. They need to be roughed up. Oh, my god! And so – Let them know who they're messing yeah, with. Yeah. So okay. they pay $2,500 each to get these guys roughed up. And, and she says, now, we don't want – because they're investigating him for insurance yeah. fraud. Yeah. We don't want him coming into work Monday with a broken leg. We want him in the hospital, in the hospital. Yeah. out of commission for a yeah. long time. Wow. Now, I don't know how you exactly get these hitmen to beat somebody up so badly that they don't die. But uh, I'm, I'm guessing it takes a, a particular a set of skills. Yeah, yeah. you got to know what you're doing. You got to yeah. hit them in the right temple, and you know, not. Yeah, it's he, weird that you touched the top of your head when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he keeps his temple. <laughs> Don't you keep your temple up high? You <laughs> got a high temple. So again, Mackenzie says, "You got it." Yeah. So he goes to the police with this need to you know rough these guys up. Mm-hmm. They call the guys. Yeah. And the guy says. Oh, yeah, we're investigating IRA for insurance fraud. Yeah, why? What'd he do? He is claiming to have operated on people he hasn't operated on. Oh, oh so he's billing stuff he's never, he procedures is, he's never done. Yeah, okay. And every person in town has two ingrown toenails. <laughs> yeah. to be. And guess who knows the whole thing? Yeah. Susan. Yeah. Susan, she knows. Susan knows the dirt. Okay. And so these guys. Medicare fraud? Is he committing Medicare fraud? It, no, it didn't say anything. Just insurance okay. fraud. Right. It looked like like he had the contract for this police force that was investigating him. Uh-huh. So, in fact, the two investigators, the two lead investigators, they have been patients of his. <gasps> Not been operated on, but have been in his office, yeah. had their feet checked out. They're a little concerned that if this gets to where they're in the same parking lot, that he might recognize them. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's a little dicey at this point. Yeah. I had to get some fake mustaches. <laughs> so they say, cool, cool, cool. We're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they hire a makeup artist from the movie FX. Now, Brandy, I don't know. Is that is that a That's gruesome movie? The movie or something? FX. Movie. That's a, isn't that a network? Yeah. FX? Well, they said, they said it was a movie. I think you misheard. At any rate, they were, okay, maybe they were just Makeup experts for the network FX. I thought they said movie. Or maybe they did well, you know special what? FX. <laughs> <laughs> so they hire this makeup artist that is uh, experienced in making up, making up guys. And so they have these pictures. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at these pictures saying, I'm not buying this. Oh. It didn't. It, it looked way too professional. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, because this should be a blurry cell phone. Right, and it looks like you know they hired the police photographer to go out and take pictures of Annie Leibovitz came in and <laughs> yeah, shot him. At at any rate, 
the first thing – so he brings these back to Kelly. Markenzie, you know, it's another, another meetup in the Walmart parking lot right across from the police station. Yeah. So they wouldn't have to drive very far. Mm-hmm. Shows her the pictures. The first thing out of her mouth is these look like police photos. Oh, shit. And, and Markenzie's like, oh, oh, gosh. But this is one of many times when it appears that they that have – they like kind of know something. On. Yeah. That Markenzie, again, it's, it's like police photos. What are you talking about? I stood over here and took these pictures while these guys beat these guys up. They're, I'm an amateur photographer. Yeah, yeah. He, and he's just thank he's, you. And it's it's so it's interesting how easy it is to just like dismiss her like yeah. what a stupid thing to say. Yeah, and she just backs, backs off. off. Yeah. yeah, backs off. So well, maybe he was an aspiring photographer. You know, like she was an aspiring model, and she's like, I've got to be nice to this guy. Yeah, he's like he, clearly he's got some talent. Yeah, and these people were they were taking these pictures outside as uh-huh. if you know you probably should have done something in an enclosed area. Yeah, so how about like in a hospital? Well, so you're you're onto yeah. something there. You're onto something there. But, yeah, but thank you. he shows these guys, and they're in the process of getting beat up. And oh, they, oh, okay. okay. They got so some you're not blood. getting beat up in the hospital. No, right? you're that not getting sense. beat up in the hospital. Okay. Okay. How about so, like a yeah, a sketchy parking garage. It, 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 that would have been better. Thank you. But no, no, they didn't. Okay. Again, I think you two really have um, some opportunities here <laughs> in this field. Markenzie is. He's he's really good, but sometimes some of the some of the cop moves like mm-hmm. like those bad pictures and I, I didn't I didn't get it. But, but Markenzie, it kind of he pulls it out of the hat. Yeah. So he shows Kelly the pictures. Mm-hmm. She's like, eh, you know, and he's he puts her at ease, and she says, "Hey, can I take these and show Ira? Because I don't really know what these guys look like. These insurance investigators." And he says, "Oh no no no, you don't she want yeah. you don't want to have these on your person." Yeah, driving around that. No, and he's he's like, I'm I'm have to coach this lady on how you do hits. Yeah, and he says, how about if uh, if we get a hold of Ira and he comes and you know takes a look at him and everything. And I'm thinking they're showing this live. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm thinking this isn't going to work. Right. They get him on the phone and Ira starts talking to Markenzie uh-huh. on speakerphone. Yeah. And Ira says, well, you know, if you want to want to look at the pictures, you know, you can you can come here. Or we can come over to your office. Whatever you want to do. He says, oh, OK, OK. You come over to the office and I'll come out to the parking lot. And so Mar- this couldn't oh be better for Mark yeah, McKenzie because he can get him in the car. He's in the car. Yeah. And so literally the three of them are in the car. I tell you what, oh this, is, this is fascinating footage to watch. Yeah. yeah. The three of them are in the car. He shows him the pictures. He kind of is like, eh, I don't know about these pictures. And yeah. he says, well, those are the guys, right? Well, yeah, but yeah, okay. Well, you 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 did what we asked, okay. So, and Markenzie Mar- saying, "You ready? We're we're ready to rock and roll on murdering your wife." Yeah. And he says, "I tell you what, give me give me a couple of days. Give me a couple of days. I want to want to want to do some stuff." And mm-hmm. at that point, you don't really know what yeah. what's he what's he want yeah. a couple of days for. And Markenzie's like, "Okay, what you know? You're the boss. What yeah. do you yeah. want to do?" Yeah. So, um, they're getting ready to finish up this conversation. And Ira looks into the back seat, looks directly at the camera between the seats yeah. and said, what's that? <gasps> oh, my God. And the, they cut to the police and the police said, we were yeah. shitting our Yes, we yeah. were fucked. Like, yeah, yeah. It's not going to work. Markenzie. Well, oh, you're talking about that? That's that's where my kids hook their audio up for their video games. And he taps the back of the seat. They put the video games up here and they hook the audio in back there. And he's like, oh. oh my gosh. Oh. And he looks back. That is then, he, then he looks back again 
and he says, I just want to make sure I don't end up on TV. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. So my again, Lord. again, you'd think Quick at this thinking point, Markenzie. Oh, Markenzie. He Markenzie kicked butt. I mean, this yeah. guy. You talk about an Academy Award. Yeah. This guy was. Can give me was, a run for my money. Is that he what you're was. Saying? I think he. I think it's it's Brandy and Mackenzie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he Gets is that piece of shit Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're they're not going to lose to Meryl Streep. No. But he has this way of being dismissive oh, of yeah. that idea uh-huh. and kind of laughing at these amateurs he's working that's with. That's the best way to dismiss someone. Make them yeah. think that's like that, the stupidest thing they could suggest. Yeah. But I have a feeling if it was me, I'd like. Uh, I had. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. he just he just absolutely. You're saying you're not a criminal mastermind, or a... I could be if I wanted to. I haven't worked at it. <laughs> yeah. enough. But clearly, Markenzie had been watching some some YouTube videos on how to you know set up a sting operation yeah. and and get the folks. So he still falls for it though. Yeah. I mean, he still falls for it. And so the next meeting, they are so spooked by this whole situation that Kelly refuses to get in the car with Markenzie uh-huh. because. They think, well, something could be up. Yeah. And so she thinks if I stand outside of the car, everything will be cool. Huh. So they must have actually talked to it. Well, maybe that was a camera. Well, maybe it wasn't. But anyway, yeah. they're still going ahead with it. So yeah. it's, it's, so the way that the geniuses, you know, Kelly and Ira come up with to keep them out from being – not from being in trouble, from uh-huh. not being in trouble is that she'll stand outside the car – and even if there's audio, when he says, are we ready to go ahead with this hit, uh-huh. she'll type in yes on her cell phone and <laughs> oh, hold it up. Oh, my gosh. And she and Ira evidently thought that is the Foolproof. way they yeah. will not be yeah. implicated in this murder. Obviously. not re- Maybe not remembering that you've planned the whole damn thing <laughs> right. over, yeah. over a few weeks here. <laughs> and so – once they've got that, that yes, because uh, Ira has already said, I'm not going to be the one. She's going to meet with you again. If she says yes, that yes comes from me. Uh-huh. And mm. so they got them both. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's arrest time. Yeah. So Kelly gets arrested just a few minutes before that Ira gets arrested. Uh-huh. So Kelly's arrested. She is shocked and chagrined. She yeah. cannot believe she's being arrested yeah. for setting up a hit on Susan Bernstein because Susan, she knows Susan. She's talked to Susan. And Susan has told her that if Ira and their, uh, Ira and Susan's marriage breaks up, she hopes she ends up with Kelly. No. No, that Come never on. fucking happened. Now – Brandy, I'm. I sat there on the Dateline episode and listened to her tell them. I'm sure yeah. she did say that. So she's full of shit. So they <laughs> they march her down through the police station, uh-huh. and poor Markenzie, he's in handcuffs. Oh, and they're so, really selling it. Oh, they're selling it big time, and they're standing in the hallway. Chris Hansen is interviewing Markenzie. About he says now where did this happen? He says uh-huh. I'm I'm standing here looking all meek and in my handcuffs, and and they march her by and she is he said she just turned every shade of white you can imagine, uh-huh. and then he said she pissed herself, <laughs> and Chris Hansen said, wait are you literally saying she urinated on herself? Yeah. And he says. Absolutely. She urinated on herself. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I probably would, too. So. She, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she ch- totally fell apart. So you get some video of her in the interrogation room. Yeah. She is 
you know, it's not like on the on the Dateline episode. She is bawling her eyes out. Mm-hmm. They're asking her about her relationship with Ira. They're asking her all kinds of questions, and all she can say is, "Don't ask me that. Don't ask me that." Oh, she just it was it was. Jeez. She was looking kind of pathetic and yeah. don't ask me that. And no word as to whether she got some clean clothes. She may have been still sitting there. <laughs> sitting in her pee pants. <laughs> sitting in her pee pants like a year, one year old. Oh, my gosh. So Ira, on the other hand, he, you know, he's hauled in almost simultaneously. They don't march him by Mackenzie for some yeah. reason. I wish they would have because yeah. you know, maybe Ira pees his pants maybe too. Maybe he would have. Maybe they only had one spare pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're fresh out of pants. We can't risk it. We've got, we've got a whole jail full of pants back there, but we're not busting into that. Yeah. That's for the inmates. So Ira plays it much cooler. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't really know what they're talking about. And, of course, Ira is not going to go very far in this before he gets a lawyer sure. uh, uh-huh. quickly and bails himself out of jail, by the way. So, so they put both of them away. So for, he leaves Kelly in there? Kristen, why would he leave Kelly in there? Oh, well, you said he bailed himself out. He did. He he bailed Kelly out four months later. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> that is awful. Well, so so that in a perfect situation because the worst took case him, it took him a while to liquidate some assets. Yeah, sure. You may not have enough money to yeah. bail two people out. But anyway, so he bails himself out. So he's out there living his best life. Well, this well, that's terrible because then the investigators can just go to Kelly and be like, "Hey, he doesn't care about you. Tell us the whole thing." Kristen, you have hit the nail on the head. I'm now, really here's genius. the problem. Here's the genius. problem. So you've got the perfect setup. You're telling her time and time again, probably every day. You sit yeah. down with her and say, "Okay, another day has passed." Yeah. He's out there uh, doing whatever he wants with his wife, with his yeah, kids, living it up. Yeah, it's 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 a perfect scenario for him. She finally breaks down. Yeah. And says. Okay, okay. I'll talk. I'll I'll talk. It was his idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was his money. Hey, mm-hmm. the first to squeal gets the deal. That's the way it usually works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she kind of bails on him. Uh huh. But here's the deal: once she bails on him, they they offer her a deal to to give him. Yeah. Uh huh. So she gets twelve years in prison deal offer. Haven't gone to trial yet, so she gets 12 right. years in prison. Yeah, that doesn't seem bad. But a minimum of four. So she's eligible for parole, parole in four, after four years. four years. Wow. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, by the luck of Markenzie, you know, she she if one of those first three guys would have been, you know, the real deal, yeah. Susan would be dead. Absolutely. So um, she gets a deal, and, and, and he bails her out then after, after she, he's been in there four months. Well, once she's bailed out, she starts living with – with Ira. What? She yeah, she moves in with How Ira. Allow that. Well, you can live wherever you once you're bailed out, you can live wherever you want. And I they usually they have like a no contact with any other witnesses in the case. I think they felt like there were some downsides to it, but there were some upsides okay. to it. Because the fact that she had already implicated him was yeah. good. Yeah. The worry they had was, okay, she's living with him. She's going to recant everything she said. Exactly. That's what their concern yeah. was because as they're talking to her, she He's becomes – charming. We already learned that. Less and less of a sure thing yeah. that she was going to not recant and, and yeah. try to bail. Well, so they've got to come up with a story. But they're, So they're living together now. They've got to come up with a story. Okay, they've got all this video evidence. What are they going to come up with that said we, we were not trying to murder Susan? Mm-hmm. Well, what they come up with is, is they were writing a play. <laughs> and I've heard that one. I've heard that one before. 
<laughs> no, it was this bad Markenzie guy. Yeah. Markenzie lured them into this. It was all his idea. His idea. Now, they didn't really go quite that far, uh-huh. but they said we initially, because they got all that video of it, we yeah. initially wanted her dead. Mm. But we changed our minds, yeah. and we didn't want her dead. But we were so scared of Mark Kinsey by that point. Scared yeah. of Mark Kinsey. Now, yeah, if he was going to kill us or Susan, we'd rather him kill Susan. And do you know what he, what they said that uh, Mark Kinsey had told them? What? We're going to feed you to the alligators. <laughs> now, do you remember where this Aren't case happened? New York. This case happened in New York. They are so far off on their geography. I don't know whether they had a local zoo <laughs> with an indoor alligator exhibit or what, but they said Markenzie threatened to kill him with, with, him with alligators. alligators. And so they had this story that they tried to back out. Uh-huh. And so the uh, Dateline interviewer says, yeah. well, you've, you've got money. If you wanted to back out, why didn't you just give them 100000 and say, don't kill her? Was it Andrea Canning? Andrea Canning. That's who it is. Andrea Canning. Why didn't you just do that? And he said, well, we were, we were afraid of them. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do that. Andrea says, well, wait a minute. These guys would take 100000 from you and kill somebody, but you didn't think they'd take 100000 from you and not do it. She says, that sounds easier for them. Oh, my gosh. And so he was stumbling and bumbling yeah. at this point. He yeah. doesn't know how to answer the question of – why didn't you give him 100000 to call it off? Uh-huh. It was almost like he had never thought, thought of that, yeah. <laughs> of that, of that line of, of questioning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Andrea or whoever writes the questions for, for Dateline or whatever yeah. just absolutely had him against the wall. Yeah. So here we are. Ben over, really. It's <laughs> like DP was earlier. Had, had Ira <laughs> bent over, <laughs> so to speak. So here we are, and we're coming to a situation where he's going to go to trial and they've got boatloads of evidence, and all they've got is maybe the star witness who bails on on, on them, mm-hmm. and and tries to recant some of it. But they got so much of him, you know, being stupid about the camera. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we want to we want to go ahead with it, but you know, we got to wait a little while. And oh, and and by the way, you you do realize at this point that Mark Enzi is on our side, right? That, yeah, that exactly. Was, that was a fake picture, it was an act, a, a yeah. fake, fake deal you had. And so they're, you know, they're struggling a little bit about how they're going to get through this. So as in a lot of these cases, uh, I know this is let's go to court, but as, oh, in, as in Brandy's case, the they decide to offer him a deal. Uh-huh. Now, you think she got off a little light? I'm telling you, this guy got off like you can't believe. Yeah, he's a rich dude. Well, he, yeah, he, he's, yeah he's, he's a rich dude. But think about that. Okay, here's what he did. Conspiracy to commit murder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? They basically sure. got him on there. Yeah. yeah. Insurance fraud. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, not only is, is he in trouble from an insurance fraud standpoint, but I'm guessing your, your medical license it's is, revoked. is cooked. It's yes. revoked, you're, you're done with that. Yeah. Unless you go to Georgia, maybe you can get it reinstated <laughs> in Georgia. <laughs> And then conspiracy to commit assault because he thought he had had these two guys beat yeah, So yeah, he's got these yeah. three. And those, for some reason, are – they're not felonies, those, those last two with the, with the insurance investigators. Hmm. Maybe hmm. because you didn't – you definitely said you didn't want them killed. Well, conspiracy uh, to commit assault, that does sound like kind of small potatoes. OK. But insurance fraud, big potatoes. Yeah. yeah. And there's probably – 
I mean, conspiracy a lot. to commit murder, huge potatoes, yeah, loaded huge baked potatoes, prize-winning potatoes. You're you're getting all the fixings on yeah. that potato. Extra bacon. Okay, so what do you think he got as far as a sentence and then as far as earl- earliest parole? Kristen is looking over at my notes no, right I'm now. No, I'm looking at your pencil. What does your pencil say? World's best dad. <laughs> world's, world's greatest dad. No, what's it say? From Kristen and Kyla. <laughs> it says Walmart Visitor Center, Vent- Bentonville, Arkansas. <laughs> Where Walmart history comes alive. I got this out of your pencil holder downstairs. No, you didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I was looking at where Walmart history comes alive, and I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so, okay, I'm sorry. Plea deal. Yes. Okay, he got mm, – okay, he was sentenced to – oh, gosh, you're just burping in the mic, aren't you? <laughs> That's my He was job. sentenced to 20 years, but Ten parole years. after five. Ten years. Boy, if you took put those two together, you parole after five. Parole after five is exactly right. Fifteen year sentence parole. After wow. Five. Again, I'm looking at that now. Oh, he's a piece Susan. Of shit. In the meantime, is going. And so you got rich, smart lady. Yeah. Who's going to uh, her re- state representatives and anyone who will listen about getting the sentencing up on these kind of things? Not that right. they can do anything about that one, but it just doesn't but seem for like the it's, future. Sure. And she's going in front of the the, the parole board. My husband. She's uh, not. My she's not on the hook at all for knowing about the insurance fraud. Not turning them in. It didn't. No, it didn't say anything about that. That would be. We've, right. we've got to let some stuff That's slide, true. Brandy. <laughs> Brandy's wanting her in jail. No, no, really. Just saying, like she knew some shady shit was going on. She didn't call the police. She was benefiting from the shady shit too. Yeah. Forty thousand dollars a month on her credit card. Yeah. So After, he says. Yeah. I mean, come well, on. That's true. That is true. After Brandy guessed five. Yeah. I don't think you don't want to see my credit card bill. Brandy. I was going to say five grand. <laughs> so we're to the point now where they're both going to take the plea deal mm-hmm. and they go to prison. But interestingly enough. They go to prison in 2017. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. know. They're both out already. (gasps) Oh, shit! They both are out. They are out. Just living their lives. And I did did some effort in the research. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. Well— they did their fi- four and they, five years. They didn't punch Gross. a guard, yeah. Kristen, on they day one. That, they took that other judge's advice and oh didn't punch a guard Lord. when they got to prison. So that is the story of a murder for hire with an Academy Award winning hitman uh-huh. that didn't come through for them. Did at they all. get back together? After they were released from prison. I couldn't find – there are so many people named Ira Bernstein oh, yeah. in New oh, yeah. York oh, yeah. that sure. you, you'll go crazy. You know, you think, oh, well, now he's an investment broker and now he's – Right, now, yeah. There's just – it's a very common name. You're bending uh, over for everyone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that center, is you – know? uh, that wraps up that uh, horrible case of Ira Bernstein. Wow. And, um, I, and again, I don't know whether he's got, got – any, what a piece of shit. Yeah, no kidding. Well, and, and you know, Brandy's all over Susan for knowing about that <laughs> stuff. Brandy's a very strange person. <laughs> we can't always listen. <laughs> all right, you know what time it is? Questions for DP. <laughs> we will stop that for this. Another one for the playlist. <laughs> Everyone, we are going into our Discord, which you can sign up for on Patreon. And uh, we have asked the listeners for their DP questions. And boy, have they delivered. They have. 
Tamon13 wants to know, DP, are you ready for the wedding? Are you planning on sharing any embarrassing stories? Mm. Oh, the whole thing's going to be one big embarrassing story. I actually uh, sat down with Brandy. I wish David would have been able to be there. Why, <laughs> why wasn't David there? Uh, it, you know, he got this new beard product and... It can't. It can't. An alligator touch the bit the beard. Humidity for forty eight hours, and mm-hmm. so the timing of that just didn't just didn't work out the best. Too bad. Hey. I hope he can make it to the wedding. Are we sure this wedding is still going to happen? Oh yeah. Because my, here's my plan: lots of embarrassment on the part of Brandy, and and just hoping thoughts and prayers, hoping David is able to show up. What if I have him locked up because I'm afraid he's going to try and run away before the wedding? <laughs> Runaway groom. Runaway groom, yes. Uh, hey, how about how about hiring an actor to stand in? I mean, you get somebody who looks vaguely like David. Nobody can match that ass. Oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> what if you did, like, butt implants in the actor? I mean, you can't Dad, you're really making kinda... it expensive. Yeah. I think you just get some padding and you call it a day. That's true. That's I should have gone there. Everyone's got some extra throw pillows well, lying around. It, it, it's just an actor, too. I mean, what are we, we're not paying for his butt implants. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I'm sorry. Are we sorry. setting him up for life? Yeah. That's... All of a sudden, he's on OnlyFans doing great. He's, you know, blown you out of the water. <laughs> Any Hooters at the Emerald Club wants to know, what things are best not to be frugal about, DP? What do you splurge on? Um, Brand name Dr Pepper. <laughs> Are you off the Dr Pepper? I'm I'm pretty much off. I've yeah. I've, I've had I, some. I noticed I didn't see you drink any on Sunday. I was here's here's what I'm doing. I'm working out more. Yeah. I'm trying to be healthier yeah. and living my best life. And my best life doesn't really include Dr Pepper. Mm-hmm. I'll still splurge. So I say every now and again you. I had Dr. one. I'm going to say a week ago. Okay. Enjoyed it. I'm to the point now where it's it tastes too sweet. You know, oh, when you get off yeah. of something, mm. it tastes too sweet. So, yeah. no, seriously, I I splurge on houses, as you yeah. know. Yeah, we know. We know. We know this and about you. The good news about splurge on houses is, for the most part, they increase in yeah, value. Yeah, it's a, an investment. Yeah. So, yeah. unlike splurge on cars, not so much. No. Now, I will tell you, as I've gotten older, I'm able to splurge on more things, and so I do. So... You know, see, you're not even rocking the court classics anymore. Sheree Ray and I, we'll, we might order an app at a restaurant. What? Yeah, yeah that's wow. that's big. That is and where they, they get you. And that as an entree. But you did notice I didn't – so at lunch today, mm-hmm. water, healthy choice, yeah. saving some cash, Yeah, got to go. We paid for your lunch. You didn't have to save the cash. Well, I saved the cash for the podcast. Oh, okay. Hey, I am 100% owner of this podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. Did you guys not remember that? <laughs> I guess we forgot. Oh, Brandy's ho phase wants to know, DP, what did you want to do when you were a little kid? I wanted to be – I was making that up about Major League Baseball, but I was marginally athletic. Yeah. And so I wanted to be – during baseball season, I wanted to be a baseball player. Mm-hmm. And during football season, I wanted to be a football player. But I got out of that phase fairly quickly because I stopped playing organized football or baseball or, or uh, yeah, baseball by the time I was in junior high. So uh, it faded pretty quickly, and I realized I probably needed to figure out something else besides you know major league uh, outfielder or wide receiver for the Chiefs. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I think this is a good one, and I think I know your answer. Slut for books asks. 
DP, how would you react if a family member came out to you as LGBTQ+. I have a shitty exclusionary family. I don't know how to get through to most of them. Any advice? Boy, it would be fine in our family. We Absolutely. went to yeah. a, an yeah. inclusive church where I'm going to say, what, 25, 30 percent of the, uh, yeah. the, the folks yeah. were, were um, uh, gay and lesbian. So uh, I wouldn't have any problem with it. Yeah. I, I did a lot of work with the LGBTQ community at uh, Hallmark mm-hmm. and helping to get partner benefits. So personally, I wouldn't have any problem with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really feel for those who deal with parents or uh, deal with siblings or whoever – that uh, don't understand, mm-hmm. uh, and usually it's dug in for religious purposes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, getting people off of their strongly held religious beliefs mm-hmm. is really hard. Yeah. But I do know that there are people who, who have changed because their kid came out. Yeah. yeah, they didn't really know anyone, and they yeah. felt like, or they didn't think they knew. Yeah, anybody. they didn't think they knew anybody. Yeah. And their kid comes out, and they are. Um, more open to mm-hmm. to the whole LGBTQ community now. But there are thousands of stories of where it goes horribly wrong Absolutely, and yeah. you can't you, you can't get through it. Yeah. So, you know, I say give it your best shot and uh, have a and, and and try not to, you know, lose your cool as you're trying to talk to the mm-hmm. person about it. But you you do need to let them know and and let them know, you know, kind of the situation. Yeah. And uh, let them kind of spout off, and and probably it's it's not a one meeting deal. It's yeah. probably you you meet and you you hope to be able to meet and talk about it more yeah. and more, because uh, the more you are able to talk with your, your your parent or your sibling or whoever it might be, the better chance you have to convince them that hey this is uh, this is the way I was made. Yeah, this is who I am. This, this is, is my identity. This is me. Uh, but uh, yeah, tough tough situation, and I have. I tell you what, I've got friends that uh, that wouldn't handle it well. So I I know I know what that might be like. So uh, I feel for uh, him or her uh, in this situation, and know that just take your time with it. But um, go ahead and try to you know try to have that difficult conversation and and let them know, uh, and you know. Get some get some therapy and let let the therapist help yeah. with that process. Therapists are used to dealing with this stuff, so we'll go back to your to your ad and say, you know, yeah. maybe better help will give you some ideas. We're <laughs> turning this into yeah. an ad, but no, I yeah, I I think a therapist can help. I think also maybe this isn't the right. I know I have some advice that I, I don't know is the yeah, right thing either. Okay, well, and yeah, so my thought is sometimes you don't need to tell people. I had friends who were in the closet through college mm-hmm. because they needed their parents' financial support. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really smart and really mm-hmm. sad. Yeah, You know your family better than anybody. You're the mm-hmm. expert in them. Yeah. So if you think it's not the time to tell them, yeah. I – the other thing I think is, you know, you – if you want to have that difficult conversation, do it. But if they're nasty and abusive and shitty, like it's not your job to yeah. hold their hand and explain your own humanity to anybody. That's kind of along the lines of what I was going to say is that you can pick your family. Too. Yeah. Your family does not have to be who you were born into and yeah. and all of that. You can you can decide that that's toxic and not not benefiting you in any way and and move forward in a way that is healthy for you and supportive for you. You know what the best solution is? 
send your family, your shitty family members to DP. And <laughs> He'll they'll get a lecture. Dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dad, would you offer up your services? As I would a- be glad to talk as long as, you know, I, I've got to get paid. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. You're not going to do this pro bono? Okay, pro bono, <laughs> pro bono. I, You know, it's interesting. I do have uh, at Hallmark is I worked in human resources and did a lot of you know, what counseling to the level yeah. that I was able to handle it and negotiation. And so, uh, yeah, and my willingness to talk to people as long as I can keep them either on the phone or, you know, keep them in, in the seat, uh, be glad to help out. <laughs> okay. All right. I know we just did a question for Slut for Books, but I actually think this is the perfect audience for this question. That's, this is a very that's Slut for question. Books has got some good questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to know, any advice on asking for a raise at work? Oh, yeah. Dad. Yeah, this is this, this is, is a good one. Yeah. Now, I, I will tell you that, you know, have your ducks in a row going in. Have some facts behind you as far as your performance uh, and as much information as you can find out about where you stand in the in the workforce for comparable workers. Uh-huh. Um, now, at the same time, I will tell you that many companies only give raises, you know, one time a year. So you can't just waltz in in the middle of a year when you've gotten a raise in February or whenever the regular raises are. But be prepared. And I'll give you an example. This is even before I was in HR. I had a a, a manager who worked for me and he came in with literally a notebook, a three-inch binder and you know, when we're going to talk about his mm-hmm. – uh, we do a performance evaluation. Yeah. Then we sit down in a second meeting and talk about how does that performance relate to your increase. Uh-huh. And he comes in with this big book and, and he was a good manager. He didn't have to do that. But I said, you know, kind of joking with him, OK, what's with the book? And he says, well, I've just got some information that I want to be able to share with you uh-huh. uh, to make sure that I feel like I'm getting the appropriate uh, benefit out, yeah. of, out of working here. Yeah. And uh, we didn't even, he didn't even, not even have to open the book. I said, well, here's where your performance lines it's up. It's all blank pages. And- <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. bluffing the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, have your ducks in a row. And here's the other thing. Be willing to walk. I mean, yeah. Yeah. N- no job, no company is the ultimate be all end all. Yeah. Because if it was, they'd be paying you absolutely appropriately. Yeah. And so, don't hesitate at all, and don't threaten them. Don't say, "Well, you're not giving me enough. I'm going to go to X Y Z company." And look, don't threaten, but do look around every, yeah. at least every few years to see, am I being paid appropriately? Uh, how does that match up in the market? And there are, I'm, I'm sure, tons of good resources yeah. as to as to what the average hairdresser makes right. and, and everywhere else. And so I would just say, you know, don't go into it saying, give it to me because I deserve it. Yeah. But give it to me because I deserve it for X, Y, Z reason. Yeah. And the more you can know about the situation, the better you are. If you if you know what other people are making, and it's it's perhaps somewhat public knowledge, you can share that you know you're in the bottom twenty five percent, but your performance is in the top twenty five percent, or something like that. So yeah, yeah, be 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 ready to do it. It's it's a it's a really good healthy exercise. Mm-hmm. My my only real experience with doing it myself was I was being asked to take a job in. Um, was it Ohio? No, Indiana. Indiana. Because it was when Kylo moved to Indiana to go to school. I was asked to go take a job in Indiana as the HR guy in this in this plant. And I said, sure, 
here's and I just wrote down on paper. Here's what here's what I want. Yeah. Did they, you slide, slide it across, across the, the table, table real I didn't, slow? I didn't slide it across the table. I said, here's, here's what I want. And they said, well, do you really want to go? Sure. Yeah. But for this money. For this, yeah. My wife's going to give up her job yeah. and she's going to have to get a job there. And she's a nurse, so she can get yeah. a job there pretty easily. But I'm not just going. And it was a short term. It was like a three-year assignment. I'm not just going yeah. just because you guys want me to go. Well, and they said, well, how about, you know, and they, I, I wanted like $12,000 more a year. Yeah. And they said, well, you know, how about like $3,000? I said, no, no, no. It's I'm not negotiating. This is what I want to go. So know what you want, I guess. Yeah. That was the only, and I didn't get the job. Yeah. They found somebody who would do it cheaper. Yeah. And so some, some, somebody else went and did it. So the one time you tried to do it, you failed? And exactly. now you're on this podcast <clears throat> giving advice. Great. I did. Wow. No, I, I actually got some decent raises from time to time. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, where's T-shirt sometimes wants to need – Wants to, wants to need. Wants to know. DP, what are your favorite holiday foods? Will you ever trust sausage brunch at Kristen's again? <laughs> oh, sausage brunch in your lap. That's, <laughs> I thought it was running down your leg. It was. It was well, that's what happens when you got sausage brunch and yeah. it hits your lap. It's going down your leg. <laughs> Brandy doesn't know about gravity. <laughs> So here's here's the deal. I I pretty much like most of the holiday foods. Yeah. All the Thanksgiving basics, love them. Turkey. Turkey. Ham. Ham. You know the difference between the two? All right. That's enough. <laughs> I didn't learn it till I was like 30. Okay, great. Yeah. That's uh, like Christmas. Normal. So yeah, the stuffing? Stuffing, yeah. Keep the onions You like the at kind home. that's stuffed up inside the bird? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Did you see the look on my face? I did. Yeah, I wish the listeners could see the look on my face. But just the the standard stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I I go for the standard stuff. Um, not a super picky eater, but there's nothing real exotic uh, okay. uh, when it comes to uh, comes to the holiday stuff. Now, if people, you're saying that because you're talking to Brandy, yeah, yeah. Compared to Brandy, I'm not a picky eater. Now, if somebody's doing some seafood or something at Christmas, I am I am out. You are totally not. out on seafood. I love seafood. Totally you are a less out. adventurous eater than I am. No, Brandy, you're. <laughs> You're both children. <laughs> bottom, you're bottom five percent. I'm bottom ten percent. Uh huh. I I think that's where we're at. Yep. Ooh. Okay. All right. But days for Brandy wants to know DP. What's the best part about being married to Sheree Ray? Ooh. Well, there cannot be a more important choice in life than who you marry, and I hit a home run. You did. Hit a home run, met Sherry senior year of college, and uh, we both knew fairly quickly that you know we were we were a good match. Mm-hmm. She just got me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To quote Ira Bernstein. Thank you for not saying the whole quote. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the the question was, what's the best part about being oh, married to Sherry? Well, she is kind and compassionate. Mm-hmm. Except for when you don't order pizza. Well, you know, sometimes I deserve it. Yeah, some, you deserved some, it that some, night. Yeah, yeah. She's and she's very willing to tell me, you know, what I what <laughs> I've done it? wrong, <laughs> what I've done wrong. <laughs> let me let me give you a Sheree Ray quote. <clears throat> this was this was so she's got a good sense of humor too. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, she doesn't use it nearly as much as Kristen and I do. Yeah. but she's got a great sense of humor. So one time she was and I was actually a little bit irritated. So she was telling me. You know, you need to do this and that and this and that. And I was like getting irritated. And I said, I don't need you to coach me on on what to do in this situation. Uh And she said, 
well, why did you marry me then? <laughs> and this happened like two or three years ago. So uh-huh. we've been married a long time. Yeah. But that is her sense of humor of when I'm yeah. when I'm like getting somewhat like pushed back, irritated mm-hmm. with her, she'll throw something like that. Well, why'd you marry me then? But um, gosh, it's been a, a wonderful, wonderful 42 years now. Uh, no, 41 years. We're on, on our 41st year. Um, and again, making that decision on who to marry, yeah. that, that is the biggest decision you'll make. Yeah. What you're going to major in in college and you know, what you're going to do for your job, that's nothing compared to who you marry. So, uh, yeah. She's, that's true. Yeah, she is, is a, true. She is a, a wonderful, wonderful woman. And let me tell you, I'm, I'm a, bit, a bit to put up with. Oh, okay. okay, here, no. there's a part two to this question. Okay. Mm. They also want to know, what would Sheree Ray say is the best part Aww. about being married to you? Well, I, I'd, I'd like to think it was – you know, my outgoing personality and all those kind of things. And I think that that is true to a point. But she gets tired of the constant, you know, ha-ha-has yeah. and jokes and, <laughs> and, and that kind of stuff. So um, she would probably and, – and this is going to get real, real basic here. Yeah. But she has told me that if it wasn't for me and my financial focus – that we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't be kind of living this life of yeah. doing whatever we want to do, you know, traveling the country in a motorhome, living in a nice house, uh, that kind of stuff. So she, yeah. she really kind of get. But that's that's. I don't think she would say that. She probably wouldn't, but she no. has told me that. No, and I because it's not I believe good, it, and it's it's totally true. But like, you're a really good dad and a really good grandpa. And that's I think what that's, yeah, that's absolutely what she would say. She would. She would. Yeah. yeah. And, and oh, you talk about a good Nana. She – Oh, my gosh. Isn't it, yeah. it always better for – She's I, just a natural caregiver. Just I think general. she's a better Nana and mom than I am and she thinks I'm a better Papa and dad than she is. So uh-huh. that – you know, that crossover yeah. when you Perfect when you feel like you're yeah. not carrying all the burden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the worst, worst yeah. case in a marriage is I feel like I'm pulling 70 percent of the weight. Yeah. In this yeah. And I think Sherry and I both feel like we're both pulling sixty percent of the weight. So, hmm. no, we're both you pulling forty percent of the in weight. In excess of a hundred percent. That's right. It's true. <laughs> oh, Dad, Anna wants to know how old is the oldest item in your wardrobe? Oh, lerd. Well, now. Oh yeah, because they they went down to the RV, that's so he right. had to get yeah. rid of a lot of. You can hold on to anything. I got rid of tons and tons of stuff. Literally, um, I, I'm not one. I'll purge some stuff out every once in a while. Right. But when we basically got rid of every piece of, cl- piece of clothing we have except for what would fit into a 40-foot RV, yeah. you, don't, you don't have a lot of stuff. So, I, you know, I bet – but even then, I probably got stuff older than what most people would have. I've probably yes. got T-shirts that I really like that I've had for 20 years. Yeah. And for sure, the only suit I kept is probably 30 years old. <laughs> very classy, though. Very classy look. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Discount Magician, which I love that name, asks, DP, you always have so much confidence in yourself. I love it and am jealous. Is there anything that you feel insecure about or wish you could change? Well, I, I will tell you that uh, – that's one thing that drives Sherry crazy and other people crazy is I am way, way too confident. And it's, it's, 
<laughs> it sometimes is really good. Now, I, I always use this as a story about how overconfident I am. I was uh, asked to preach a sermon one time uh-huh. at a church that we were members of, and decent-sized church, probably 150 folks there for this yeah. this uh, this sermon I was giving. And I looked out into the congregation, and I see a guy with his eyes closed. Oh, now, yeah. Kristen, you've heard this story. In my mind at the time, I thought he is meditating on the message I'm delivering. You didn't for one second think that guy was bored out of his mind and <laughs> fell asleep? Afterwards, Brandy. <laughs> afterwards, I thought about afterwards. You I, thought that, that man was just absorbing it all. So that's sitting the, with the message. <laughs> Can you imagine how much confidence? That's so much that's a shit ton of confidence. But the 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 good thing is that it as you're speaking, you know. The, Man, can you imagine well, I looking out? I would have been out? so rattled by that. Well, but it was just one guy. It was just one guy. Everyone else was wrapped around that oh, sermon. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're but, pretty sure that guy was dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, the, the, there are huge advantages because you, you'll ask for a discount in a store that you probably shouldn't ask for a discount in a store on. You'll try and negotiate anything <laughs> and everything. Uh, you will um, – it probably doesn't always help when you're dealing with corporate officials at a higher level than you and they see that confidence as nothing more than arrogance. And, <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> and, and so you say and do things that people who aren't used to people getting – you know, pushing back from three levels below. Mm-hmm. And so um, – they become very disenchanted with you, and it, it can hurt your career. But if you're happy at the career yeah. level you're at, yeah. you can do that. But, th- there, yeah, the disadvantage is it can come off as arrogant, and I'm sure I come off as arrogant. And, and <laughs> that's just that's – just and, Kristen, you probably come off as arrogant to people too, right? No, I've never no? gotten that feedback. Never just gotten that feedback. joy to be around. <laughs> right, Brandy? <laughs> that's absolutely correct. Should we do one last question? Yeah, I'm loving doing this. This is fun. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. This is yeah. This, this has been so, amazing. Yes, yes. And you did a great case. You did. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, my uncle was skin. <laughs> my uncle what was skin? <laughs> DP. I recently met a former coworker of yours. Oh, oh my god! Oh, interesting. And he said you were a real rule bender. Care to elaborate? Well, that's the truth. Do we have Do we have a name? No. Oh my! They were They've remained anonymous. (laughs) Uh, I would. That is absolutely true. Yes. And and here's the deal: when you work in a job like human resources, I'm not an accountant. Yeah. You know, there's no black and white answer. So I would tend to bend a rule. Um. I made sure I always bent it in the favor of the employee. Uh, so if the employee was having an issue with the manager, I would bend that rule to favor the employee. Uh-huh. If it was an employee versus a corporate rule, I would bend the rule in favor of the employee. Uh-huh. And I once had a oh, – and I, this may be <laughs> – I may have figured out. I had a lady who was probably the smartest woman I had ever met in my life. She was a uh, um, Stanford-educated lawyer uh-huh. at Hallmark. 
and she was working in the um, employee relations department. She was head of employee relations. And I had pushed her several times on partner benefits for our uh, gay and lesbian employees. Uh She did not like it. And she called me one day and started telling me kind of the way things were going to be in this meeting we were having the next day. And I was trying to have a conversation about why I disagreed. Yeah. And she basically said, no, we're not talking about it. And she hung up on me. Hmm. She didn't hang up. She didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, It was abrupt. Yeah, it was abrupt. And so – Again, I'm at the level I want to be. Yeah. I've got, you know, a good enough reputation that I'm not going to lose my job. Yeah. She stands up there and says, we're only giving partner benefits in states where we're required to give partner benefits. Uh-huh. And I am ready to jump in and say, well, the reason, only reason we can do that is because of some racist laws that were in place where states could say we're not recognizing yeah. that in this, in this state. And – I started doing that in front of the entire HR management team and she shut me down and shut me up quickly. And unfortunately for her, she didn't realize that that would make her look really Really bad bad. because I was just trying to explain something. And so this is done in front of my boss and my boss's boss. Uh And my boss calls me in and he says, why don't you go talk to her? You know, I, he says, I'm sure you guys can talk through this. And I was like, I, I don't know. And so he says, no, go talk to her. Because, again, he, he loved me. He, yeah. just, he just thought, you know. You, you'll, he left you that piece of cake on your desk that one day. <laughs> well, we don't know where that came from. So I, from literally, <laughs> I literally went and sat down in her office and she said, you make terrible decisions for Hallmark cards. That was the first thing out of her <laughs> oh mouth. Oh, my gosh. Brilliant woman. Yeah. Not a real people person, yeah. though, even though she, she was— She sounds sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I, 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 I kind of liked her because yeah. that's the way yeah. she, she was just so blunt and direct. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the way it's going to be. And, you know, here's the bottom line. It wasn't her policy. She was having to implement that policy that came down from the board of directors. So yeah. it wasn't her policy. And she was going to stand up and she just didn't recognize that it'd be better to let this guy talk yeah. in front of all of his coworkers. Yeah. Because, so, so bottom line, that meeting lasted literally 30 seconds. Uh-huh. And I said, well, I don't know. There's a whole lot more for us to say because she saw me as a rule bender who uh-huh. would try to create opportunities for people and all this kind of stuff. But the cool thing about that meeting was I bet five or six people came up to me afterwards really great move. I can't believe she shut you down like that because that wasn't what Hallmark was about. Yeah. Hallmark was kind of a feely, touchy, let's talk about, talk it out. Yeah. And she just was shutting the door on it. So it could have been <laughs> that the person knew uh-huh. that, that they knew was her. But again, I couldn't, I couldn't have more respect for the lady. Yeah. Uh, she, I just think of times when I would be going to her with a, a difficult situation and she could understand the both sides of the issue, the concepts, and you could see why she was, you know, a Stanford yeah. you know, law grad. You know, she's yeah. just the sharpest thing going. But that is absolutely correct. <laughs> that is not made up. I would, uh, if I thought there was a way to twist an outcome uh, with, without, I mean, we're not breaking any laws or yeah. anything yeah. like that. But we yeah. might have been breaking some hallmark rules. Yeah. Uh, there's, there was no doubt about that. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, that's that person. That's a great. That's good. I, oh, I, I so wish that they would have said who they were. Right. Yeah. So th- this person who wrote it said it was a friend of of 
of a friend or it was a for, they said they recently met a former coworker of yours who said I bent the rules. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that could be anybody. Yeah, cuz I've got some um I've got a I got a, just a handful of friends that listen to the podcast that I'm aware of. But they're the ones who are reaching out to me. Well, Maybe. no, that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like you're trying to pinpoint the meeting where you develop this reputation. You like instilled in me and Kylo this distrust of authority and this kind of like, yeah, but why? You yeah. know, OK, that's the rule, but why? Yeah. So yeah, that's just yeah, your I was, vibe. I was, so that was probably the biggest example of, of – um, you know, when you are at a company that doesn't have partner benefits and the the whole country is going that direction, yeah. and you are kind of trying to lead the charge yeah. from from a very low position for mm-hmm. that kind of a change, um, yeah, you can you can have that reputation. But I did that all the time. I did that kind of, of thing all the time. I'm, a real I'm probably badass. well. I'm, I'm I'm probably very fortunate. That I spent 25 years there because the longer I was there and the more comfortable I got. Both in my job and financially, yeah. the more willing I was to say whatever. F it. <laughs> Film <with> Kraken. <laughs> Did Phil work at Hallmark? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that was fun. That was so fun. Should we do some Supreme, Supreme Court inductions? inductions? Oh, this week we are reading your names and your first celebrity crushes. To get inducted, all you have to do is join our Patreon at the $7 level. That's the Supreme Court. Very Neither sorry for Nothing. leaving you hanging. Okay, great level. Anyway. Was I supposed to be? A, I thought that was just a Kristen thing. I, I'm sorry. You could Brandy. absolutely jump in. What do, what do you think we have you here for? Just to look good in the corner? Uh, <laughs> I am a good looking guy. <laughs> Amy P. JTT. Cassidy Radke. Rachel Weiss, Caroline Hunter, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, another JTT, Cheryl Shockey, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, very popular, Mary Eve, Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> the guy was a stud, wasn't that was he? was a hot cartoon. Valerie, Sean Cassidy, Nicole B., Nick Carter, <laughs> Monica Stevens, Joey McIntyre. Trisha Cepeda. Omar Epps from Love and Basketball. Same. <laughs> That's how David got his nickname. What's David's nickname? I don't want to talk about Gross. <laughs> ew. Oh. Ew. Let's move on. <laughs> Olivia Shaw. Rupert Grint. Ooh. Specifically as Ron in Harry Potter no. and the Goblet of Fire. Okay, I, uh, I don't mean to crush shame you, Olivia Shaw, but every person in that Harry Potter movie has the worst hair ever. I think you do mean to crushing her. Okay. I apologize for my judgment. Kristen W. Devin Sawa. Oh, specifically from now and then, though. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You see him running his undies in that one. <laughs> Calm down. He's a child. <laughs> we were children then, too. But you're picturing it now <laughs> as an adult with lust in your eyes. Katie Wilder. Michael Sarah. What? That's yeah, the one person in, in the world. <laughs> All right. Elena Robinson. Chris Evans, but the ginger English one rather than the one it's acceptable to have a crush on. I was five. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what I don't that means. I don't even know this off-brand Chris Evans. Yes. All right. Okay. MV. Edward Furlong from Terminator 2. Kelsey Ganley. Nick Carter. Two Nick Carters on this one. Sarah S. Jennifer Lopez. Stephanie Smith. Taylor Hansen. Welcome! Welcome. 
to the Supreme Court. Did you start singing? I, no, I almost coughed. Oh. So I had to like pull it back in and it did sound like I was singing. I enjoyed it. Thank you, everyone, for all of your support. We appreciate it so much. If you're looking for other ways to support us, please find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and then head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and review. And then while you're at it, you know, doing stuff on the internet, why don't you subscribe to The Gaming Historian? Yeah, why and don't you? then be sure to join us next week. When Wilbur... <laughs> Wilbur... <laughs> when Wilbur... <laughs> when we'll be experts on two whole new topics. Podcast adjourned. DP, you didn't want to get in on the podcast adjourned? You want to do it again? No. No. It's a one-time deal. Yeah. I, I, I lip-synced. Oh, okay. He said watermelon. Watermelon. Yeah. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. I got my information from Dateline, Secrets Uncovered, ChillingCrimes.com, LowHud.com, and True Crime Daily. I got my info from an episode of American Monster, an episode of Snap, mm, knew the it. Dalton Daily Citizen, the Chet Nugan, and the Court Record. For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff. <laughs> oh, boy.